Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash radio, and you can get access to over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So I did it, you guys. I did it, and I don't know exactly how to feel about it. Like, it's one of those, like, okay, the equivalent of getting a fucking NES Classic is probably, like, it's reminiscent of, like, fucking going to, like, the shittiest Texas diner you can think of and ordering something on the menu that has, like, the word heart attack in its name. Or cowboy. And fucking eating it. Or <laughs> <laughs> and just eating it in 45 minutes and like doing irreparable damage to your body just so that way you can get it for free that's probably like mm. the most accurate way I can describe fucking like trying to pick up a goddamn NES classic Nintendo can that's get fucked dude pretty apt I'd say <laughs> yeah I, I, um, I just feel like for you two gentlemen in particular it's even harder to swallow like Try and do all that work to get one because you probably both have all thirty of those games. I'm almost certain of it. Oh no, we do. But like, here's the thing: um, Val's vision isn't always the best. So like, getting that propped up on a CRT or even doing like some like super eagle filtering on a Retron or whatnot, like yeah. it'll do okay. But getting like that pixel perfect. So this would be the uh, most beneficial way to play those games then with this specific. Oh yeah, unit. dude. Okay. I, I can see that. Oh thing. yeah, no, she's she's been poop socking it hard to Final Fantasy, and I couldn't be more mm-hmm. thrilled. Mm-hmm. Um, though I I have still yet to like check out. I'm I'm planning to mod mine um, because I would like I'd like to essentially enjoy the remainder of the NES library, but using the faculties that the Classic Edition does uh, reward as as far as like its output capabilities, because that thing is fucking it's surprisingly impressive but yeah man that thing was god damn the race to get that fucking thing was straight up thunderdome mm-hmm. like it was straight up we go out they go in like i'm pretty sure i saw a shirtless mohawk dude in line and like i don't know if it was just a fashion statement or just the fact that like that's just the way that's, that's, the muggy that, weather. that's the way yeah. he is at seven in the morning yeah no oh dude no I take a wild guess. Like I really wanted to make sure that I fucking got one. I did not want to risk holiday uh, rush all over. Were again. you got? Were you like one of those guys that are like camped out days before, like on TV when they go interview people? Yeah, they, they Dude, go, little, 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 like a little grill set up in front of your tent and stuff like that. We well day before we right showed <laughs> up. We showed up with fucking. Uh, nowhere near the amount of blankets that we should have. Luckily, there was a Walmart next by that fucking we just straight raided at like six in the morning the moment they became open mm-hmm. um and i can't tell you like how many times we deposited like fucking poop and urine in the nearby applebee's and Lowe's with like no intention of fucking <laughs> purchasing <laughs> anything from them like, no, i'm not here to, um, not here to see the lighting today sir <laughs> not here to buy home, no home i think gardening products i think we grabbed some shitty garden fries but like aside from that um the fuck no, is a garden dude. fry? Garden fries are just 
they're just fries but with like some extra garnish and like it's just it's just a trend to make you feel better about like putting garbage healthier yeah healthy alternative uh, fries i dude i don't know yeah my body my I, i did not win the genetic lottery when it came to like fucking uh acclimation because i you may have noticed I do not work out as much as I do. I barely get lucky if I can get like maybe even a run in in a week, and I fucking gained like eleven pounds, and it's disgusting me. I'm like I'm trying, and like I can even tell like I got that that frump, like that un poquito frump frump, and <laughs> like it sucks too because like I'm starting to get like the swing of fucking getting my my riding groove back. Uh, as well as, you know, poop socking it like I did, but like just to manage the two. But I shit you not, the, the fucking the correct answer for the time that mm-hmm. I I stood out in hopes of acquiring this fucking overhyped and ridiculously rare piece of garbage was uh from seven PM all the way to ten AM the next morning. And Man. yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. I my body still hasn't recovered. I think that is the worst thing I may have done. I don't like, I was thinking back. I'm like, I don't think I even did that for the Wii or PlayStation two. Like the only other like big, like I remember the Wii U fuck the Wii U was ridiculous. Cause I totally thought I anticipated that it would be something like that. I'm like, no, I just hung out four hours in front of a store, but I didn't need to. It was like, it was easy to grab one. We even, I remember we streamed a uh, new super Mario brothers U, And I kept thinking like, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> like that was the feel like dude we didn't even plug the thing in for like two days we're just like fuck sleep sleep yeah I, I i'm not in a rush to get any kind of hardware anymore i don't think from here on out i don't think i'll be day one on any kind of hardware or i don't know i just feel like that time for me has gone i i can't get too excited about that kind of stuff to the point where like camping out would even be like an option. I, well, I I just can't see myself doing it. But hold on, you have an advantage that like I don't have. Uh, you have kids. You can get kids to do like anything for you. I'll be like my like, <laughs> like, like my like my errand girls where they go and like run and like sit in lines for me. Yeah, dude. Uh, like, do you only do how many times I would have begged to like just yeah. like stuff some warm body in place of line just so I can like yep, go and do fucking thing. spill some urine like behind the store somewhere in hopes of not getting fucking label a sexual predator for sure, the rest of my life. Sure, yeah. <laughs> it was dude there there's so many uh so many opportunities that like I wish I, I, I had a, like another blanket or another warm body. <laughs> my, my my hope is that they just never find out about technology that they actually want. Then I'll have to be that guy waiting in line for them for a gift. And it's like, no. I, I'm, I'm going to start getting them, like, you know the toys you get, Cracker Barrel? Like, that kind of stuff. Like, just help, <laughs> hopefully just getting them really ingrained with that kind of stuff. So they're really excited about, um, I don't know, like, jacks or jumping ropes and stuff like that. You like, better start the, dis- you better start the, like the expectation for disappointment early. Just get them like a fucking abacus. I'm like, but I wanted a smartphone. <laughs> yeah, the Galaxy 8. No, now you get woods and yep. beads. Yep. This is, that, this, that, that's all this you is get. how you count now. <laughs> Not a bad idea. You get them like, hold on, but here. Because- well, hey, at least I got small ones with like little brass and beads on them that fit in your pocket. Oh, no, 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 no. Hmm. See, Counting on the guy. then that you're setting the bar too high with that, Sarah. I am, you know, but like <laughs> at the very least, like if Andrew really wanted to like do it upright and and then set that expectation firmly where it needs to be set, 
he gets him a piece of chalk and he allows him the luxury <laughs> of fucking writing down their work on the floor. There you go. Yep. If you're good, next year you get a protractor. In the driveway. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, real talk though, protractors should not be in the hands of oh, children. Oh my god, those no, not at still... all. <laughs> Jesus Christ, those things are terrifying. <laughs> I get scared looking at them. Yeah, like I kind of. I'm always kind of curious to see like how many of those get away with being brought on a fucking airplane, um, but it seems these days like wait, wait, even whoa, whoa, doctors whoa, whoa. aren't are, are safe we, on an airplane. Are we talking about a so, compass? No, we're talking about the protractor. It's a it's a tool of measurement. Uh, it's the ruler that has like a half. It makes like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Under circles. It. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we are we talking about? I'm like, how is this thing dangerous? The compass I can Dude. see. I don't know. Um, I forget. It's got a it's got a spike on it. Yeah, and you put a pencil on, like on the other one, uh, on the other side. Yeah, yeah. Double spike. Double double spike. Oh yeah, no, those are a project. What am I thinking? You're of? probably thinking of like the ruler that's like like a half moon kind of shape or something. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking of. Okay, Christ. so we're all a little confused about this. Yeah, no, no. The protractor is like yeah, like the little sharp point that you put down in the middle of the paper. Yeah, the pencil on the other side. And you do your. Oh, absolutely! I still yeah. bet those things get away with fucking being brought. Right. Like, on an airline before a bottle shampoo God. will even fucking make it nerd, near nerd, the goddamn... Your nerd like... game is so strong if you're bringing that with you on trips. That's <laughs> insane. Why is this in your luggage? I'm a mathematician, sir. Yes. <laughs> I have math to do. Excuse me. <laughs> they just slap you and hand you a smartphone and just like, fucking get with like, it, here, dude. Here, here's the internet. <sighs> Speaking of things... Vir- that virtual us, compass. Yeah, things that hurt us and have probably outlasted their welcome more than they should. Oh, I don't know. That's a harsh way to start the episode, but fuck it. Yeah, that's cool. We are actually going to talk about a dynasty of games that um has, has kind of petered out a bit. Um, uh, No pun intended. Or, I don't know. Maybe that's a reach. But anyway, uh, and is nowhere near as prevalent as it once was, but nonetheless does is, is worth talking about, and that's uh The Simpsons. Uh, a fucking probably the long it is this is the longest running television series uh currently out there created by Matt Groening uh about a dysfunctional uh midwest well see they never really is it Springfield in Oregon you or... never know i don't think they ever they, yeah they, that, they named it no, i think they, they named actually... it Springfield so that you couldn't tell yeah cuz there's like a Springfield yeah. Ohio there's a Springfield i think Indiana there's a Springfield in Pennsylvania. There's I think. yeah, I think there's yeah. one in every mid. There's a Springfield in state. Illinois. That's arguably the most famous one. Well, there's also Springfield in Oregon too. See, fuck it, Springfield. Anyway, um, but yeah, we're gonna talk about like the cavalcade of games that came out, especially uh, when Bart Simpson was at the height of his popularity, and essentially what sort of future the series. Or video games for the series, for that matter, may have. Uh, and I believe we can go ahead and start doing that right now.
So, ah, man, let's get comfortable. It's a nice Sunday morning. I'm Georgie Boy's Axe, and to my to my right, I have the sultry, uh, oh so effervescent, like sweet sweet melodic uh, voice that I could just like curl up and just purr up against. Uh, Sarah, he's just there. I don't know if I don't know if I'd be described That's as effervescent, too. but. Uh... Sir, Sarah I'm Platt definitely a of a generation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Um, yeah, I've got the greatest voice. Oh my goodness, yes, you do. <laughs> there you go. That that's a narrator's voice right there. <laughs> and then, speaking of voices, we have the voice of reason to my left. We have Andrew. I don't know about all doing, that. Have you seen my life lately? <laughs> um. <laughs> hey, man. I think you got that shit more on point. Do than... as I say, not as I do. Well, let's just let's just go with that. Damn. Well, that, that, I sorry, don't know. That, that was, that was my, you that, you that, had the that, sense that not my, to. That was my dad voice coming through. Sorry about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you had the sense to probably not do what I did and just like love your fucking health and family life enough to be like, I you know, let me just get a raspberry pie and call it a night. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> there's probably that. Yeah. Or like fuck, like there are so many. Oh my god, super there are cool so many though, alternatives. Like, I could have gotten an EverDrive. I, I have done so many different things. If you do get a Raspberry Pi, though, make sure it's the three B. I see. That's dude. That is a realm, uh, that I am just super out of my element in. Like I, uh, it takes I would like takes to- twenty minutes for an individual such as you or I to get it going. You know, I heard, I heard like the interface and just essentially setting one up and and getting everything configured is really not all that difficult. So the uh, I, you know the key though, like I said, you got to have the three B. I mean, you can get a cheaper model, but the three B has a Bluetooth receiver on it, so you can get one of those snazzy SNES controllers and you could jam it into a SNES case. Way you go. Well, um. I will definitely have to keep that in advisement. I don't know. I, I've been seeing some other like novelty shops that are kind of doing some interesting things and giving the option of like setting up uh, a 3D printed models of other consoles like uh, the Genesis or fuck man, you can get even more obscure. Maybe uh, something to the effect of the Commodore 64. Like there's a bunch of oh, nifty yeah. little... Yeah, man. Uh but Jesus, there's like, there are so many other retro clone consoles that are coming out too that are promising to essentially deliver what the classic is doing for the NES and essentially improve whatever the Retron Five was supposed to do. Uh, it was the Retro Box, and like they're even including a CD add-on so that way you can play Sega CD and fucking TurboGrafx CD games on it. Which nice fuck that like using that for capture alone. But anyway. Um, it's, it's been quite a memorable year, I'd say, so far. Uh, fucking, there are so many games to talk about, uh, that have just recently come out. Like, I, I was kind of thinking that, you know, the end of the year is going to be really fucking overwhelming, uh, for the Golden Zonkeys, or just, like, really even putting together, like, um, any personal favorite. Like, it was funny, if you guys saw that, like, that Twitter um, trend that was going around for a bit where essentially you would just name off your, your personal game of the years from 2012 to 2017, essentially the last five years. Um, I would have to say that out of all those, like putting that together is 
probably easier than I thought it would be, but like I then took into account like this year, nah, man. That 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 shit is rough. That shit is probably rougher than anybody who spent fucking twelve thousand dollars to fucking die on an island listening to. God, who who did end up playing Fire Festival? I don't even know. Fire Festival. Oh, you guys didn't hear about that? No. Holy shit. Okay, real all right. Sidebar. Okay. <laughs> so just fucking <laughs> So essentially Fire Festival was supposed to be like Ja Rule's answer to Coachella. Oh uh, only wow. if No dude That already if... sounds amazing. No, dude. <laughs> it, is, it, it was basically like his answer to Coachella, but we're gonna do it in the Bahamas. And we're gonna do it in this private island where there's gonna be gourmet food, uh, fucking like geodome accommodations. There's gonna be a fuckload of shit, and people spent anywhere upwards to fucking twelve thousand dollars to get like a fucking tickets to this goddamn disaster. It straight up boiled down to goddamn Lord of the Flies the moment oh. you touch down. Most people didn't even leave the fucking tarmac. There oh. are still people out there right now that are, like, Snapchatting their own, like, fucking, like, Blair Witch-esque fucking, like, <laughs> testimonies <laughs> to the world. Well, they just, like, dropped off an island, then they didn't realize what the island was or something, or... Oh, dude, yeah, with, like, the worst catering, like, fucking... Like food that even a food trick, a food truck wouldn't like shit out on its worst day, like in front of a courthouse. Um, or dude, it's bad. Like, there's like some people even bankrupted themselves, but it's so funny because like the yuppiest fucking people who were just like bitching about like essentially the one percent calling for like equal or otherwise like just I, I, I like fair. Fair economy rights within what is arguably, and I don't want to get too political, but like is a like definitely disproportionate climate of like the economic state between social classes in America. Like these same assholes who like are fucking bitching at other people who like are dreading like simple normal life things like fucking increase in cost of living got their goddamn comeuppance as they like had to worry about fucking getting sand in oh dude just uh, please if i could i will put it in the show notes if i will find the best chronicle that i can of fucking fire festival <laughs> i just feel bad and i just really wanted ja rule to do well at something like i wanted him to dude he that. was in chicago of all places. Like, he wasn't even fucking there. He was, like, a, like no joke. Ja Rule, like, he was two clicks away from being the goddamn monorail man from The Simpsons. <laughs> Except, like, he had to, like, and he had to, like, dude, the damage control he played. I am so sorry. It had nothing to do with me. But I am so sorry. I will get your refunds. And when I refund you, keep in mind that it is not my fault. I'm not even paraphrasing. This is like the fucking, this is the damage control that he's spinning at his Luda, Luda, ho, fucking, (laughs) oh, dude, it is, it is a beautiful mess, man. If you guys really, like, I don't, keep in mind, like, this all probably sounds kind of gross, like, taking pleasure out of, like, the pain and, like, quote, unquote, pain and suffering of others. I don't know. I don't think anybody's died on the island yet. Hopefully nobody needed an insulin shot, not, yeah. but fucking no. There are people that are still stuck there. <laughs> like, damn. it's a fucking, Jeez. it's a goddamn disaster. Um, 
Unreal. And like everybody pulled out. All like I think there are two like there are literally two musicians that stuck it and I can't remember their names right now, but like their sets got canceled like midway through like the first three opening songs. And then Blink one eighty two was supposed to be the headlining fucking band. And man, if there is ever a case like fucking ordinary people, they'd spend seventy five dollars online and go see Blink one eighty two on tour. Creative people spend twelve thousand dollars to get fucking stranded on an island that Blink one eighty two happens to that's bail on. Concert, that's an experience. You pay you pay money for right? those experiences. Oh, dude, it is. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, like my best tagline was just like, "Imagine Coachella, only you can die." Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, fear, fear, and then there it's you like, go. It's like a Fear Factor meets yeah, yeah, music it, festival. It's like Outside Lands, only like you have to fight for your district in order to survive. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, you guys fucking, you guys get to chew on that little nugget sure. uh, on your free time. But in the meantime. Uh, so on the docket for this episode of PPR, we're going to go ahead and talk about some choice news, a lot of Nintendo centric news. Uh, and then we're, we're going to go ahead and just hop into what's in your console because for me, uh, there's been plenty. I can reasonably see there, there's been a lot of fucking games that came out within the, uh, between March and April. Um, it's pretty pretty intimidating but we've also got that uh and some other videos and reviews on the way that we can probably touch on and then finally we'll go ahead and cruise right on to the future topic where as i mentioned we're going to talk about america's favorite family uh the fucking four fingered clan of like lovable misfits and just like what sort of impact they've had on video games as a whole and like how i don't know how much how video games will uh impact them it's, it's definitely if anything it, it i don't know there there's a lot to it that um that i definitely want to unpack there it'll be it's definitely going to be kind of a fun episode for us to record uh but anyway yeah let's go ahead and let's get right in on it Alright, so, I mean, we've already kind of just touched on it before, but um, the NES has been discontinued, and, like, I, man, okay, we've recorded officially 103 podcasts uh, for this fucking, like, this goddamn show that you're spending time listening to now, and we're not even numbering the dozens upon dozens of other specials or games clubs that we've done uh, within the last seven years. And I can tell you, I've done a lot of fucking stupid things for, like, the sake of, of like, you know, trying to do something cool for the site or just in general in this stupid fucking, like, life-encompassing hobby of mine. And I will tell you that, like, I almost quit video games because <laughs> of this whole fucking ordeal. <laughs> just fucking just I, cashed in all your, all, your, all your game checks and you're like, all right, I'm done. Dude, more like Tango and Cash. Like, I was about to fucking just, like, straight up, like, this was going to be my last hurrah. And I 
I can't imagine just. I don't. Okay, let's let's go ahead and like go into this because I I really want to pick apart the statement. So, of course, like this whole thing is baffling, fucking everyone. It still baffles me. Like it, the official sales number for the NES Classic, like that Nintendo was able to like put and like. We have to keep in mind that this thing sold better than the fucking Wii U. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can, you can like, factor in a lot of variables that, like, the Wii U didn't have going for it, uh, such as interest or fucking Demand. cost. <laughs> Demand. Um, but, like, you know, you have essentially something, like, that could, like, quantifiably print money for your brand and just the the decision to like pull the plug on it so like unceremoniously like Nintendo did is just I don't know and like it came from the same sources who predicted that this would happen uh the, the same sources are now like stating that there there's going to be a Super NES classic that Nintendo is going to prep for the holiday um and they're I don't know they they're definitely reliable sources but like just Nintendo's fucking spin on it I have some trouble kind of comprehending and i kind of feel like i don't know i don't really even know where to begin on that but apparently they lacked the resources to continue to mass produce this fucking machine right give me a fucking break like can we can we discuss i mean granted like the the topic of chip shortages um uh come up and like they're I there's something that I'm kind of preparing for the site that I really want to talk about. We're all far too young to like remember like the NES first first coming out and to my to my uh un, like understanding and for like me personally like I took time out of my day to like fucking ask Mama Boyzax like how hard was it to get a Nintendo for me and she's like not not hard at all. Like your dad wanted it more than anything, and that's when I realized, like, wow, thanks, mom and dad. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's how parents, um, how parents really buy gifts for their kids. Yeah. Oh, dude, you know what? Like, I for all the shade that I just gave her at that moment, I know for a fact whatever I get, like the kids are just there. I love them, but they're just there. Mm-hmm. But anyway, <laughs> when, when are you gonna get a job, kid? Yeah. <laughs> when are you gonna start working? But apparently, like you know. There, there's this like neat little. Um, I mean, going back, if you really like, take the opportunity to kind of review the history behind like the the launch of the system in in America, especially like you know on not necessarily the cusp, but definitely on the heels of like the video game crash that took place. Um, there's a lot of fucking eerie parallels between the NES Classic and the actual NES and how Nintendo goddamn handled it. Um, and, and there, it's almost like, I swear to God, they took like probably like word for word verbiage out of like that whole fucking like, uh, like address to the public. Um, there's this neat, uh, excerpt that I was able to find and I'm going to, uh, do my best to conclude in a piece where I really want to like just chronicle the parallels, but like we're fucking Dan Rathers from, uh, Oh, God, I don't even remember. I don't want to say 2020, I think. No, that's Barbara Walters. But Dan Rathers, whatever the fuck he wrote for <laughs> back in the day, um, it'll it, like it'll come to me as he described this, where he uh, essentially interviewed and investigated, uh, did some 
pretty sweet investigative journalism on like parents fucking waking up to like do everything they can to hit up fucking KB Toys and like Pacific Northwest and all those old defunct fucking like like toy brands and toy distributors back in the day just in hopes of reaching a uh, or getting lucky to get a fucking Nintendo a Sears for crying out loud like like just just hearing like how hard it was to get one and like the fact that fucking people drove from like Indiana to Chicago to fucking hope that they can like just land one in time for the holidays or even just get one for their kids was it I don't know man and and the fact that like they there was chip shortages and other like fucking factors that they took into uh place um I I don't know I I, I it's just weird to hear like the same uh said 60 minutes was um what I was thinking of wow I can't believe I mistook 60 minutes with 2020 yeah. fuck me anyway one, yeah one the same I mean yeah Fake news. Anyway, um, <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, man. I. What do you guys think about that whole thing? Just the fact, like, I get Nintendo, like, pretty much said, you know, it was getting harder and harder to produce this thing, and it was never meant to be a permanent commercial item. I, it was supposed to be a, a limited funsies thing. I feel, is I, essentially what they. I feel like they're able to say that now. But I feel like their business strategy for probably the last six to eight months, maybe maybe almost going back to a year from now, uh, their business strategy has always been, we need to have something behind glass that says break in case of emergency. I think that's what the NES Classic was supposed to be. Because if you think about it, the Classic came out, yes, for the holidays. Yes, it was supposed to be a limited run. Um, working in retail when I did, uh, I can say from that experience that was originally the concept was it was going to be available for a limited time for the holidays and um, they weren't you know going to take pre-orders or pre-sales they were just going to say when it's here it's here and I feel like they did that because I don't think they were ready to like they weren't sure about the switch is my honest opinion I feel like a lot of the things they do now from a business standpoint is have this ready in case this doesn't go well, and that way we can still get sales, we can still look profitable, we can still make, you know, money. Uh, I think the same thing can be said for Fire Emblem Heroes uh, with the not-so-great response to Super Mario Run. Mario Run comes out as their first major mobile game, not, you know, me, me Tomo or whatever the other one was, because that was kind of like a flash in the pan, didn't last very long. Mario Run was supposed to be their big mobile game, their big hit, and it didn't do so well critically. Oh, God, and the way they marketed it, too. Yeah, they yeah. pushed Mario Run way more than Heroes, and, but, like, and I, and even though like, Heroes had fewer downloads, it made more money. True. And I feel like that's, they do things in response to something. So I think they did the Classic in response of if the Switch doesn't do well, we can fall back on the Classic. Now if the Switch is doing well, and it has sold well, and they've already shipped out 3 million units, they're like, okay, let's go ahead and let's not sell the Classic for $60. Let's sell this piece of hardware for $300, and let's make some money on the accessories, the games, the add-ons. Because they're not going to make anything off the Classic. They'll sell the thing for $60, and that's it. So they want to have a revenue stream out like a piece of hardware that you can buy add-ons and games and additional downloadable content, including online passes that you'll have to buy here soon. That's I think if the, if the Switch had not done as well as it did, I think the Classic would have been their thing they fall back on. I feel like that's why they can now say, oh, it was supposed to be a limited thing. They could easily turned it around and said, well, now we're going to mass produce these and this is what we're going to sell to make up for the loss and what they made on the Switch. 
And I feel like they can do that. I feel like a lot of things they do now are going to be in response to something going well or not going well. Uh, the same can be said for Amiibos. You know, Amiibos have not been selling that well in the last year. Uh, case in point, the Smash Brother ones that are set to come out this summer, you've got the Bayonetta, the Corrin, and the Cloud Amiibos. The last three. And they're all exclusive. There's exclusives to each retailer and very, very, very small allocations, I can tell you from experience, because I've had to pull out my fucking hair to get all Player 2 variants. And there actually are Player 2 variants and Zelda variants that still haven't been announced as official, like, this is the retailer exclusive. We're still waiting on the Majora's Mask Link and the Player 2 Bayonetta. I don't think those have been revealed as any exclusives yet, uh, anywhere yet. And yeah. it, it used to be Amiibos were in abundance, or you could at least try to get them when they came out. Now it's like two per store, or pre-order it within five minutes, they're gone. And that's because they don't want to produce a whole bunch of them because they know Amiibos have not been selling as well as they used to. So for collectors mm-hmm. like myself, uh, Sayer, I think you still get them from time to time. That's, no, it doesn't I, seem I, like I'm getting them now. Well, exactly. I right. pre-ordered all those, and I can tell you, yeah, it was pretty challenging. So it's yeah. it's unfortunate. Well, our our retailers up here, none of our retailers actually had uh, them available for pre-order to begin with. Yep. So yeah, there's that. And that's Nintendo uh, for you. You know, that's that's, that's their business strategy now. Basically. My my take on the entire NES Classic thing is that it wasn't a hardware launch; it was a marketing campaign. Uh, the Wii U obviously didn't sell very well at all. It was extremely poorly marketed. Um, up until the day that it was discontinued, people still assumed that it was an add-on to the original Wii. Um, and so what I see is that they uh, they, they launched or they, they announced the NES Classic. It starts popping up in, uh, in like social media feeds of people that haven't played games for two or three decades. All of a sudden, Nintendo's in the forefront of their minds again sure. because that's what they played when they were young. They come in and all of a sudden they're inundated with Switch marketing. That's what I think they did. So you would say it's like a bait and switch. <laughs> you might say. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I would go that far as well as like here. Here's the one like ounce of truth that I think I can that we can all agree on. And like this is where people argue and and call out Nintendo. But like I, you know, I think this is again. If there's anything that you could rest assuredly like fucking believe, like for exactly like take it for what it is worth. Uh, that would be that, like, Nintendo had absolutely no idea that fucking this was going to get as big. I don't think any of us did. We all looked at it as something like a neat gimmick, but, like, I, you know, dude, I'm going to be honest. Like, I didn't really want this at, like, when it was first announced. I'm like, uh, you know, I might pass. And then I realized, like, everything they can do, and as I saw more coverage for it, and I think I, it's a it's a it's a case of like ba- the basic human condition. You really want what you can't have, so yeah. I don't know. Because like I mean, again, now that it's there, like I'm looking way more. I, I'm looking really forward to modding the fucking thing. Um, but it, ah, dude, I I can't even imagine. Like I I'm so disenchanted from the entire experience. Like everything about this whole campaign. As, as well as it's done to make money for Nintendo, I really feel like it has gone on to add to a sentiment that has, like, assuredly sullied their fucking name. Like, this whole thing was just anti-consumer. And it's super pro-scalper. Like, to the point where, like, you know, there were, like, I'm, I've, I, as I mentioned, I was in line with my girlfriend 
And the person, there was a person behind us. And me and her got handed tickets uh, through the retailer. And we passed our second ticket up to the next person. I swear to God, like, some, like somebody near the back that was, like, worried about it was, like, on the, on the verge of tears. And they weren't even there fucking nowhere near half as long as we were. Right. Uh, and, and just, like, just, I don't know. Like I can, I can definitely blame Nintendo for a lot of the ways they like mishandled this whole thing. But like, I can't go without like sharing some of the blame towards like we, uh, as a like, as a as a current climate of consumerism. Like, we, like humans are trash <laughs> in fucking some regard, and and I really feel like there's there isn't enough to account for that. But I yeah, the it, if anything, it has created buzz. I I can tell you right now if Nintendo doesn't take what like the fact that like Reggie had to come out and essentially like address the uh the reasoning behind the discontinuation like it was damage control pure and simple like oh, yeah. they no, no for, for as much as they came away with they they definitely understand that people are not happy like and that that is going to spill over into whatever they do with the switch or even with like people aren't even happy about the fucking what we'll get into in a little bit, uh, the other announcement that they made, um, but like if if there are rumors of the Super NES Classic, if that is true, and it's coming from the same sources that originally cited to us back in fucking March that the NES Classic was being prepared for discontinuation, they dude like pre-orders are fucking butts. Like the the fact that Nintendo can easily open up. Uh, just section in their the, like Nintendo site, or or even then, like if they wanted to be, I'd even prefer this over like anything they've done with the classic. If they use those goddamn gold coins that like we've shifted over from Club Nintendo to like my Nintendo Rewards, if they shift that in a means to like help have me fucking buy a Willy Wonka golden ticket to fucking reserve the chance to buy one, I would easily like I have yet to spend those gold coins, and I guarantee you that would be the very first thing I do, just because that'd be the most practical thing they could do. Hmm. Um, if that seems was, right. Like, yeah, if you're a loyal customer give you a good benefit, say, oh, yeah, okay, so you've bought a Switch, you bought an NES Classic, you bought so many of these games, here's what we're going to do for you for being a loyal customer. We're not going to... Oh, man, you can't even register yeah. that you bought an NES Classic with my Nintendo. Well, that's what <laughs> I mean. Like, if, if they had, if they were smart about it, right, and they allowed for that kind of uh, of registration, then, yeah, like, it would be much better. Or, you know what, as much as I'd hate to say this, like... If they need to outsource it, like I, I'd almost take that concession. I'd almost <laughs> take that concession just to make. They'll outsource it to Sega, because Sega will do what Nintendo. Oh man, <laughs> dude! But like, you know, there's so many other times where we've seen something done like this, like Tomo with the new GOX, mm. or even like the other Genesis, like the Genesis add-on now that actually plays Genesis games. I believe. You know, at a time, Majesco did that. I, you know, or no, they did the old hardware distribution. Either way, though, I feel like, like, just, dude, look at the way Yacht Club has been able, like, it's it's still fucking weird to me that, like, a small indie company is able to keep Amiibos out there better than fucking Nintendo. Like, isn't that weird to anyone? Like, I, you know, I kind of made, like, this weird offhanded prediction that it would be hilarious if that actually were the case. And guess what? It's still the fucking case. How? 
It's a very but good like, question, I don't know. Isn't I could it? be, I, I, I don't know. I could be talking out of my ass because I how how easy is it for you guys to get Shovel Knight amiibos? Not very. Uh, I haven't seen one for a while, but it wasn't hard for me to get one. Same. Yeah, at launch it was okay to get, but I don't think they've really rolled them out since. But, I mean, they were available for a long time, though. Mm-hmm. Like, longer yeah. longer than the demand lasted. So, I mean, I, I, I can still reasonably find them. And, like, that's all Yacht Club. <laughs> like, I don't even think Nintendo... I think Nintendo barely marketed it. So... Ah, it just it amazes me. But yeah, if they don't do something that allows me to reserve a fucking SNES classic, then fuck it, dude. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know I'm if I'd be one. willing to do that again. Well, I know that I'm still embroiled in the uh, the whole um, retail scene right now. And man, if they announce an, a Super NES classic and it's going to be the same time of year with no pre-orders Holy in place shit. and no, you know what? I'm just going to up and leave. Gonna, I'm not going to yeah. deal nope. the vitriol and the hate. And the desperation that I had to put up with in the final, the final months of last year for this friggin' thing, like <laughs> here's what here's what ended up happening. My Christmas gift to myself was getting one, not because I was getting one out of spite, but because I <laughs> because I knew someone was going to cry over it. So basically, my gift to myself was the tears of people who didn't get it. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's what it boils down to for me. And you know what? Hey, I. I might do it again this year, and then as soon as I get it, quit. <laughs> you, you, you just say, you're like, Jeez. you did this. You did this. Yeah. This is your fault. Nintendo. Nintendo. You man, might, you just might. As, oh, man. And, Cue man, Hello Darkness. Yeah. I I even said to, like, I, I was talking to a guy, and I'm like, man, the Switch is what made me love Nintendo again. And then they announced the SNES Classic. I'm like, fuck you, Nintendo. I take it back. Well... Let's go ahead and move on to the other announcement they did, which I, you know, I made. I this made, is going like, to make me sound joke. like a. This is going to make me sound like a hypocrite. But go on. Uh, well, pff, I made a shitty joke, and like, what's funny is Sarah was the first to call me out on it, but other people did. <laughs> Where I was just like, "What is the next? What is the next DS going to have? Like a fucking one screen and be called a two DS?" And I'm like, "Ah, uh, <clears throat> actually, uh, well, I totally forgot the two DS is technically one screen." Yeah. Yeah. I totally yeah, forgot true. about that. That fucking dustpan of a monstrosity. I like. I'm personally, if there's one thing that can come out of like the the 2ds XL reveal, is the fact that like people don't have to subject themselves to that fucking like monster thing. I don't know, Sarah. I don't know dude, how you love that thing, but you also love the Game Boy com- Micro. It's wicked comfortable, dude. It is the game. I the 2ds. The two it, the two DS is super comfortable. Those bumpers for the those L and R bumpers, super comfortable. They're not like cramp inducing. Like it makes me like feel like I'm thing. holding like one of those gimmicky kitchen knives from like a fucking TV guide special. Man, I don't feel like it. the Yoshi the Yoshi knives. Nah, <laughs> like I just want to I I just want to cut produce with it. Like I, I, I do like thing. the the Game Boy Micro, and, and you know what? We've got a lot of people around here that agree with me, so I'm just saying. Hey, right? I've got there, a posse. Yeah, there are a lot of crazy people <laughs> who like. They'll bitch, but like the uh, the audacity for people to fucking bitch about the Joy Cons are the same assholes who will carry around a Game Boy Micro. Like the anytime I see that, I'm like, fuck you. All right, like, well, I mean, there went all your you credibility. Think, what do you think about I, the Joy Cons, though? I don't mind them. I really uh-huh. don't, dude. I played snipper clips with them. They're yeah. not. They're not that bad. So then you um, have no excuse to say that the Game Boy Micro is too small because they're way smaller. No. 
No, I have every excuse because I don't have to stare. It's not just about like the placement and the ergonomics of the like the button interface. It's but the, that's the all you've ever complained screen. about it though. It's also the fact that it like it feels like I'm holding some fucking Fisher Price bow tie in How? my hand. Like it's made it, of metal. N- uh, I don't know. Well, I, all right. To be fair, the the Wii U gamepad definitely feels more like a Fisher Price toy. Yeah, we we'll definitely the fucking... agree there for sure. Yeah, but fuck the micro guys. There's this cool thing called the Game Boy Advance SP. Do you, your mom, your dad? Everyone else in your family, your your neighbor, do do me before any of them a big favor, and just get yourselves that, and you'll thank me. You will thank me a thousand times because like that's the oh, only way they're gonna. And you know what? There are they're gonna mods. end up cursing they're... you because the only Game Boy uh, Game Boy Advance SP that's really worth owning is the AGM zero zero one or whatever or one hundred one with the backlit screen, and those are stupid hard to find. So good luck, guys. No, but see, here's the thing. No, you can get the modded. We live in a crazy day and age. Like, we live, like, like Man, fucking... I tried like, to take one great. of those things apart, and they are a bitch to get back together. Well, that's why there are professionals out there. I, you know, I, I'll put some other show notes. And I'm not talking about, like, fucking rose-tinted gaming, which their work is, like, meh, cool. But, like, yeah, I'm going to respect your wallet. I'll put something together. But I digress. The 2DS XL. Um... I mean, looks amazing. It does. It does, but like, I I do too. But I is it weird that I kind of lament like the absence of a feature I barely used? Like, yes. All right. Yeah, it is weird. Like I I don't know. Like it to me, I'm just like I I like. My I mean, 3D, okay, my so new 3ds XL. So you've got a new 3ds XL, right? Yeah. So the 2ds have, isn't I, marketed to you. So why does it matter? It isn't. I just, it's just such a weird move because I'm just like, is this going to replace the 3DS XL? Well, I, like, I, is... no, it's not going to replace the 3DS XL. Everyone who wants that has already got it. It's been out long enough. But the 2DS XL is great for people like me who have 3D sensitivity issues. So, like, if I, I want to, I want to get a, a 3DS XL, but I know I'm not going to use the 3D, so it's just kind of a waste of money. The 2DS XL is uh, much less, is, is less in terms of a cost point, right? Uh, and it has the bigger screens, so I can still have all the features of the new 3DS Wait, are XL. are the screens bigger on the 2DS XL? Oh, yeah. They're, they're the same size as the 3DS XL. No, uh, that's what I'm saying. They're Well, okay, that's what I was asking, if they were bigger than the 3DS XL. Oh, my God. Oh, no, 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 yeah. Me just at the, yeah, it, no, no. It looked fairly identical, if anything. Yeah. Like, I think... Like, obviously, I and it has the, sh- the clamshell design. It's very well designed. Like, I, I think it's a beautiful design, the black and blue. Are you kidding me? That's great. Well, yeah, but the the clamshell designs also like I don't know. There's there's a sleekness that like I I would like to take a look at one because if there's one thing even with the new 3ds XL that I'm not a fan of, it's just like how fucking fragile the thing still feels. Mm. Like I that it, it it always still feels like it's gonna fall apart in my hand. Like it doesn't feel sturdy like some of the older uh, DS designs did. I've I've always felt that the 3D, even with the 3DS, ever since the 3DS, it's kind of been kind of a flaky design. It's had a very loose hinge uh, compared to like the yeah. DSi, for example. Like the DSi, I think is probably my favorite uh, my favorite DS model. Mm. Oh yeah, it's the most sturdy one. Yeah, the best. Like hands the down, the best part about this the DSi the 2DS XL is the have you seen where you put the fucking memory card? No. It's right next to the game cart spot, so you don't have to oh, fucking unscrew yeah. the back like you do for the for the, yes. the most recent one. 
That's cool. There you go. That's that, that, Bam. Like, hey, quality of life improvement right there. Done. Like, uh-huh. if I were to get a new one, because I have a regular 3DS XL, if I were to get a new model with the, you know, the, the stick and the, you know, support for, like, Amiibo and, and stuff like that. I think that's what'll sell I'd me. I'd get this. But go yeah, on. Absolutely. Yeah. It's got some good quality of life stuff that they really thought about putting in there. I think that's actually kind of cool. I, the, I'm the very invested. I'm very invested in this system just to play Dragon Quest alone because, like, I think the larger screens will definitely benefit that, mm-hmm. and it looks really, really cool. So yeah, the, I, I'm a hypocrite for saying "fuck you, Nintendo" because I want that. I, I well, here's the thing. I think what'll really sell me is the C stick because that's probably my least favorite feature on the 3ds XL. It is nowhere like it is not intuitive it's just this weird it's nub nubbin that thing. like you um, poke yeah it's this nub thing that you poke and prod do, do you like, happen to know how big the screen was for the original xl as opposed to what the 2ds screens were? this says it's 82 percent bigger the screen like for the okay. 2ds xl that, that, that's awfully big so it's slightly less big i think it's 90 percent bigger on the 3ds XL, okay which okay. the 3ds and the 2ds the the non-xl versions have the same size screens so yeah i guess the 2ds xl is slightly smaller than the 3ds xl but i mean it's still way bigger than the mm-hmm. original well i don't know it's kind of weird too because when you look at it as well um i and like this is where I don't agree, but it's kind of strange to see because most people were kind of bitching about it. I don't, I don't think anybody really anticipated that the Switch would catch on as well as it has so far. And to be honest, I mean, aside from some minor gripes, uh, there's like, I'm very happy with mine. I don't think there are very other people there. That there are too many others that aren't. Um, I mean, I'm constantly. I had this Vita syndrome with it where I have to fucking like constantly worry about like the condition of it. I I don't know how many times I check to see if the goddamn thing is warped uh, by being left in the dock too long uh, for it scuffed up or scratched, which, you know, even with a screen protector that covers the bezel and, and the screen of it is like this constant worry of mine or like, you know, if my Joy-Cons are going to fucking succumb to the like the shitty like uh wiring issues that they had within like a lot of their connectivity uh components within it like there there's so many different things um but i didn't really want the switch to replace the 2DS in terms of like you know a handheld library and there are some people that are i it's weird people are ready to move on and be like no nah, man can we just have the switch like i would love to like take something on the go and i'm like i've only taken my switch out like maybe tw- twice we've taken it out and and or even with my girlfriend taking it out to like her friends as well and like there are people that are wanting to bring this thing to fucking bars to play mario kart and it's so weird it's it's like that trailer coming to life all over again and like i had i had no idea that people would be like so ready to like take it out of the dock i thought it would if anything like just the utility of being able to poop with it alone is fucking great but like everything i don't know it you know what do you guys think here's what the ds lineup okay Uh, well okay well i'll I'll answer that question in just a second but in regards to the uh the the switch and and the dock thing here's a kind of an interesting admission I've never had my switch hooked up to my main television it's always been on my studio capture monitor because I've just huh. been doing a ton of streaming, and if I'm playing it, it's either in bed or, like, on the couch in handheld That's mode. That's so yeah. weird. I I have mine connected to my TV 
like 90% of the time, almost 90. I would even say 95. It's just, it's nice there. I, I like, I love the pro controller. I, I still think it's overpriced as fuck, but yep. I love the pro controller. It's like $90 um, up here. $90. Yes. And a pair of joy cons is a hundo. Oh dude. Yeah. A pair mm-hmm. here is 80. Yep. So, so that's, that's, the that's can another th- can attacks there. Yeah, but even then, I like the fact that, like, I, I, you know, there are some things about the Joy-Con, too, that really fucking, that I think, if anything, that's what freaks me out above all else with the Switch is, I, you know, I'm afraid that the mechanism that clicks them into play with the Switch is going to break, because I've, a lot of people have already said that they've broken that, so, like, that kind of, What are they doing? Are they putting them in with a hammer or a mallet? Like... Well, like, I don't know when you're supposed... If you're allowed to, like, let it click in or if you're supposed to hold the release button to put it both in and out. Like, to be honest, like, I don't think Nintendo has really illustrated... Like, they've they've gone out of the way to do the parent, parent uh, parental control oh, nonsense. Well, but, like, just I, the... I, I don't know. I you, you know, you. there's a lot of common sense things. And if common sense were, were actually common, then, you know... Yeah. I, I can give I, you I an answer feel... straight from the source, though. Okay. Yeah, it's... You don't need to use the button to put it in, only to take it out. This is directly from Nintendo. Yeah, I feel like Nintendo's messaging around like maybe the upkeep and maintenance. I keep in mind we we are a fucking dumb society. <laughs> like we really are. <laughs> yeah. Um. There there are just certain things that I I think a disclaimer or maybe uh, a a helpful elucidation of, of of use would have been a little a little handier because even mm-hmm. then there are some things admittedly where I'm just like oh I don't know if I should do that y'all should check but, out yeah. my switch unboxing video it does wonders for showing how stuff works oh yeah dude like absolutely no I I I I definitely feel better handling it now but I still have mm-hmm. that like this thing is you know a little new and a little hard to handle but so far like Nintendo made sure that they had switches out. Available oh, yeah. it's, just in time for Mario Kart been, Eight. Like it's been very good, actually. Um, it's been yeah. They've been they've been made it. They made it really easy to find. And I I think what I really want to like kind of uh, touch upon is like is it is it superfluous to have the DS out like now that the Switch is out? Like, well, I mean, think- I've, we've noticed a sharp decline in the amount of titles that have been announced and available for the uh, the 3DS platform uh, on the whole but i mean things could change we could see a lot more by the end of the year um, yeah they, and, i mean there's the pikmin game and the fire emblem game and uh, i can't remember well they've also got other stuff like cultcept coming out which is pretty cool yeah and and like even then guys maybe i, I maybe i'm the dumb dumb but when the fuck was there a Mario sports game that came out for the 3DS cuz i kept seeing, <laughs> i kept seeing these cards like and i'm two, like two and a half weeks ago <laughs> Yeah, but dude, like, had, nobody's talking, not, not even Nintendo. There isn't even a fucking, not one promotional spot on the eShop. Wow. Which, by the way, everybody is really quick, as Andrew even just did it just now. Quick to point out that fucking Nintendo will start charging for their online uh, soon. Uh, so, like, I, you know. Soon-ish, it's I like really, this fall, so. This fall, yeah. But so like, you've got the whole summer to enjoy it. I, th- I still think there's some kinks to work out, but I'm kind of curious because so far, the one thing I've noticed everybody's enjoying, they're either taking, like, one person's got their one Switch that everybody's playing Mario Kart on, which, you know, kudos to them to fucking, like, the screen is, like, fucking clear, but it's not that clear and big to really, like, it's crowd. It's mo- Yeah, that's, it, it is definitely not huge or huge. Huge. Um, 
But Big a lot of people I've noticed are are kind of doing the where everybody's like having a, a switch party and they're bringing their various switches and and having multiplayer. And I kind of feel like I'm kind of curious to ask like you know I wonder if like switch to switch multiplayer uh, connection if that's going to be included in Nintendo's package where they actually like soft lock that out of the system. Oh, dude, if they soft lock like local multiplayer, that would be. I think a death knell. <laughs> they they wouldn't be know. able to recover from that. There's no way. Who knows, man? Because, like, I've noticed that, like, I've noticed that more than online play. Am I the only one? Like, are you guys, any of you guys who, like, are in the know with people around you locally that have their Switch or bringing it with them? I don't know. It's Sarah. Well, Sarah's always been, like, a dude who loves portals. What about you, Andrew? Have you, like, well, did you pick one up I yet? have not, no. Um, I will Ooh. probably hold off on getting a Switch until uh, Odyssey. I just don't feel like there's any other games that are currently out or coming soon that would warrant the Did system you grab purchase. Breath of the Wild for Wii I U? Did. yes. That is correct. So, I have that on Wii U. Um, I'll probably wait for Odyssey and hope that they'll maybe do a holiday bundle of some sort, which I think would make a lot of sense. Um, but I do have a couple of friends that have it. Like, uh, we had, uh, some people over to play board games the other night and they had brought their switch for their kids to play. And that was kind of crazy. Cause it's like, you know, we're kind of set up on a table playing board games. They're in a corner of the room with the switch docked or not docked, but it's like set up. They've got the joy cons, one for each person they're playing. And it's just kind of like this thing where, you know, for them, they have younger kids, but if they still want them to be in the same room, they don't want to send them to another room to be like, hey, go play this, or hey, go do this. They're still in the same room. They're doing their own thing. They're kind of like in their own little little party, you know, like their own little thing going on with the Switch. Um, and yeah, it's a, I've gotten hands-on with it a little bit. It definitely seems way more portable than I was expecting. I was kind of expecting mm-hmm. it to either be just this big, huge, bulking thing you're trying to carry around, and it's not comfortable to carry around on the go, or the opposite, where it's if it's on the go, the screen's too small and it's not playable, and it's not going to be set up as like a portable gaming unit. Um, but I feel like it kind of tackles both pretty well, a little like a lot better than I was anticipating. And the build, the quality of it's really well done. Like I, I don't think that they really, you know, a lot of times hardware, especially portable hardware, seems like it kind of cheapens out on parts, or it just seems like it's not as well built. This actually seems pretty, pretty good to me. Um, I haven't. Play. Yeah, it's it's premium feeling. Yeah, and I haven't played a lot of it to really get that you know extended feeling like after long hours of playing it. But um, you know, first impressions, I was pretty surprised because this happened. The system came out, you know, maybe a few weeks after I had left my previous employer, so I wasn't in the retail space to really see all this like firsthand. Um, so I'm seeing it just through like other people, you know, that have it or. Um, you know, maybe eventually if they have like kiosks set up where they have one set up in a store, I'll probably try it that way until I get my own. Uh, but yeah, I mean, first impressions, I was, I was actually pretty surprised at how well it was made. I feel like that's Nintendo taking to heart a lot of the things with the Wii U that they did not do very well with and, and responding to that. So I feel like it's, it, it definitely fills that niche of like, you can take it with you on the go. You can set up your own little PlayStation kind of area um, it does a lot of things right, which is really surprising because I don't usually think Nintendo of doing things correct or, you know, getting it right. And I, I think they did for for the most part from what I've seen so far. So, so that you know, just to go ahead and move away from this so we can touch on other mm-hmm. news and stuff, I, I think the, the main thing I really want to drive, I mean, does the 2D, 2DS XL announcement and just like, like essentially the indication that the DS is still going to be a lineup that's supported. I mean, 
practically that's a giant install base to like it it would be kind of stupid to ignore but at the same time i'm like look at how many switches are in your like household now if you want to push and move more like maybe slowly phasing out the ds i mean and, and like to be honest like the whole gimmick of the the two screens and just the 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 touch and the fact that you can already touch on like and and use like it is a multi-touch screen on the switch it kind of already does everything you we need or mm-hmm. would want out of the ds to a capacity that, that would just yeah you know. in a lot of ways the switch is the one ds yeah it it, it kind of it, it's phased out to the point where i don't i think it's time to move away from it um you're not wrong um i i think it is time for the 3ds almost to be put to pasture but um there are there are obviously a lot of people out there that have sort of held out. There's a lot of people out there that are still rocking the original DS, and they're looking for alternatives to sort of buy into, right? And I think this is a good step in the right direction, especially if they're looking for something with a larger screen, uh, you know, that, and, and they might have sort of the issues that I have where they get pretty bad headaches from the 3D. If they're not going to use a feature, why pay for the feature? And I think this will fill that need nicely. But for the rest of us that already have the Switch, eh, we might just be looking to those greener pastures for now. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how the holiday in 2018 ships out. Cause yeah, there's only like four big games, like first party, there's tons of third party, but there's always going to be third party that keeps DS alive. Yeah. I would kind of like want to migrate those fuckers over to the switch, but I wouldn't say so that far... there's a ton of even third party right now, but again, you know, there's that, uh, that generation behind install base that is looking for an, uh, for an option. I think this will fit nicely. I'm grabbing cold set that that oh, much. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're on the same page there. Um, but anyway, let's talk about the other. I mean, there's a few other reveals. There was fucking, oh man, Call of Duty World War Two, which fuck, I don't, I don't even know what to begin there. Like, it's kind of strange that there are people that are really getting overtly excited for this when I feel like this is Activision's like blatantly transparent response to battlefield one mm-hmm. um and i don't know man like the perception I, I, the perception is is that because there's two in the title it'll be better well but like call of duty like the original call of duty like going back like oh, all yeah. the way that's where it started was like a a majority of the games were like centered around conflicts that were tied to like everything within world war two. So like the whole thing just like, it just screams like this weird pretentious, like I don't don't fucking care. I don't, I barely care about battlefield one. And I feel like whatever, like they were wise to stick to the first world war and like, you know, kind of, do everything they can to like I, I know this might sound a bit tone deaf but just like being able to adapt and otherwise like essentially like use and and, and facilitate like all all the, the nuances and and things that that transpired within that like the historical conflict into a game and and use that like with a different like using the advantages of a completely different era and setup and, and like almost going with the less is more mentality behind it is what worked to the benefit of Battlefield One. But like 
Fuck you, Wii U. God. I was gonna say, who's is that? That's not mine. <laughs> yeah, dude. Dude, okay. Does anybody's gamepad just like randomly All illuminate? The time. Always turns mm-hmm. on for like yep. new deals or something. Middle of the night, yeah, and it'll I'm... freak me out. <laughs> you know what doesn't do that? The Switch. So there's a fucking great selling point right there. Um, but anyway. Xeno Gears of all th- or no Xeno Blade, sorry of all things. But anyway, um, where was I? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know about Call of Duty World War Two. And like, they, I, I don't even think is, is the trailer already come out. I believe the trailer was supposed to come out this past Friday, right? Am I am I not wrong? <coughs> or um, it wasn't. No, there was an announcement in the oh, middle of last week, wasn't it? Right, there was a teaser, was but a then trailer, like the, yeah. the announcement was supposed to lead to a, like a full blown trailer. Oh yeah, okay, maybe that was Friday. It, yeah, Thursday or Friday, I think it dropped, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and like, am I wrong? Does this not just seem like a really like shallow, transparent, um, fucking uh, a, a stake from Activision to kind of capture in on whatever like modicum of success that battlefield one has gotten i i, I just really feel I, like it but has. then again i think they've most of the fan base has dem- been demanding boots on the ground for the last couple of years i think battlefield one's just the one that beat them to the punch they're the ones that did it first and i think that mm-hmm. this is something they've been probably needing to do for a while although i feel like some people enjoyed the more futuristic aspects originally like with black ops 3 and maybe uh maybe advanced warfare to a degree um, but no, I think people have been wanting this for probably since Black Ops 1. You know, I mean, they've been wanting more, maybe not so much the World War Two era, but just more modern, or at least something not with, like, you know, jetpacks and wall running and wall jumping. We have Titanfall for that if we really want that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think and, it's, I, and they, and they it do it do it way better. Uh, yeah, I, if anything, yeah, Titanfall though, does do it right, that's for sure. I... <sighs> The one thing I will say, just from like my my brief exposure to the game, it's lead, I don't know if everything that they did uh, showcase within like the promo screenshots and even the trailer now that I'm like just gradually looking, if it's as good as what if it looks as good as what they're showing, which I mean that that'll be debatable on whether or not it'll like they're showing like PS4 Pro footage or PC footage, um, that'll be the one edge that I, I in my opinion I think it has on Battlefield One, which you know. I, I would say that the the fidelity in its graphics are serviceable. Um not not necessarily like amazing. Um I don't know. There's I don't I didn't I never really knew that there was a demand for it, but I again, as I mentioned, I I could be wrong. I didn't know if I was, but it sounds like uh this was something that somebody wanted. Hopefully you guys wanted it. Till then, like I, I don't know. I haven't wanted a Call of Duty in ages. Yeah, I, it, you know, Call of Duty sales have been on the decline. Like I do not think Advanced Warfare sold nearly as well as you mean uh, Infinite Warfare right? wanted it to. You're talking or about fuck Infinite, Infinite right? Warfare, yeah. Sorry, because um, Advanced Warfare is three years behind. <laughs> Christ, it is. Jesus, there's so goddamn many. Is there even a Call of Duty con anymore? Oh, what now? Sorry. Uh, Call of Duty XP. Oh, uh, yeah. That's right. Maybe. I think they usually do that, like, to coincide with, like, the multiplayer reveal. That's usually when they've done the convention. I think it's when they're doing the multiplayer reveal or, like, they're showing a lot of the multiplayer. 
But if I'm not mistaken, I think they said the multiplayer this year they're going to show at E3, so it's a lot sooner than they normally do. So, yeah, I don't know if they're still doing the convention or not. not yeah, sure. I... I don't know, man. It, it's all all a bit weird. But until then, the only other reveal that I, I kind of want to talk about, way more just talk about, is, fuck, dude, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Not excited. Not, not excited. excited. Not only am I not excited, I'm very worried about that <laughs> game. And this is coming from a fan of fighting games in general, and also a really big Capcom fan. Uh, to me, the fact that they're being so, like, they have to hold to the Marvel Cinematic Universe so much that they're probably going to not include characters from other, like, Marvel properties, like X-Men, uh, or other, like, really obscure characters from Capcom or Marvel side. This feels to me like they're just they're capitalizing on the fact that their cinematic universe does so well that they want to make a game that is centered around it. It looks like so, it looks like the contest of champions to me, the way it looks. That like So sort of it's kind of like, you know, Marvel movies versus Street Fighter and a bit of Mega Man. Uh, yeah, I mean Mega Man's maybe well, the only obscure the character they've announced so far, which is really odd to say, but like, no other characters really interest me. Like, I want the really, like, batshit crazy roster of characters like Ultimate Marvel had. Like, you know, Phoenix Wright and Frank West and, uh, you know, uh, fucking Taskmaster. Like, all these really obscure characters that no one even, even really knows about. And so far, this... I mean, I know there's probably still a lot to reveal. But if the game is coming out in September, and this is all we have to see with it so far... I'm I'm not looking forward to it, and, and not to also mention that the last Capcom fighting game to come out did yeah do that's so the one well that has me when it first came out. So I'm very skeptical about this. Like I am not I'm not looking forward to it. I think I'm looking more forward to Injustice more than anything else when it comes to fighting games right now. They need to make you a know, new Tatsunoko versus Capcom. Oh my god, I do. love that game. That is such a hidden gem of a fighting game. I- Add in some samurai pizza cats. Oh uh-huh, yeah, yeah, like it, get, or Speed Racer, the ones that they really should have had with yes. a Tatsunoko license, but they couldn't do because you know they were owned by other you know other people at the time. Yeah, I'd be totally down with like a revised version for the Switch with like new characters. That'd be outstanding. Oh, man. I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be totally frank and say that like a lot of the excitement does come from the Mega Man X reveal, only because again there there hasn't been a whole lot done with the the bomber and it kind of really really bums me out but the fact that like he's going to be an integral part to um the uh marvel versus capcom infinite new story mode which i'm excited for i mean if anything i i can you got to take acknowledgement of that that capcom really saw what like netherrealm did with mortal kombat 10 and uh injustice and we're like you know we have the licenses we have several characters that we can take advantage of doing this but yeah i i am not a fan of the fact that it seems like they're beholden to the the movie portrayals of it and whether or not disney has a tie in that is an entirely different like fucking can of worms that i i don't even know how to like really come at from but if scrooge mcduck isn't in there oh oh dude (laughs) that's a deep cut right there his his I, ultimate move is just him diving into a money pit and all of the coins shower down and damage his enemies. You know you know what man? No joke. Like and I just recently reviewed uh Disney Afternoon Collection for Game Skinny. I 
really I, I love that I did not think that I would enjoy that more than like as much as I did and I totally enjoyed it that's actually been the trend of 2017 I fucking love 2017 for video games everything else not so much but for <laughs> video games it's been incredible um and you know as much as like I lament like the absence of Alan Young rest in peace like the fucking wonderful man who really brought to life the Scrooge character uh Dave Tennant like voicing him and like what they're gonna launch with um the new art style if Capcom did a second DuckTales remastering remastering DuckTales 2 for the NES but they did it in the style of that cartoon and that and, and those voices holy shit I would lose it I would lose it to me because, like, I still think that remastered is criminally underrated, um, and that people who are bitching that was that, that there was way too much story and presentation completely fucking missed the point that that was the original voice cast like reuniting after fucking over two decades or more to bring together uh, what, what kind of lacked uh, where a, a game that where we had to really really stretch our imaginations to apply like the Ducktales like. Uh, storytelling and presentation and and did that for us like oh man they they kind of did that again with ducktales 2 that would fuck that would be so dope but anyway um yeah man i don't so far everyone that we've seen in aside from Mega Man x i think he's the only newcomer right him and sigma are the only newcomers i think zero is in ultimate marvel versus capcom 3 if i'm not mistaken I right so, i think yeah. so yeah yeah um but Aside from that, like, I think when it comes to, like, the Capcom well of characters, they're, yeah, they're going to have to pull from that bucket way more than they can pull from, like, Marvel. There are no X-Men characters, which is a bummer. But, I mean, this has kind of forced Marvel to, like, give attention to some more of what was admittedly their their C-list troop, like, the Guardians. Like, dude, if there can be more Guardians in it, like, I, you know, I'd be cool with that. Fuck, if there could be... Like, the Defenders, just, like, Doctor Strange. Like, there, there's still plenty for Marvel to work with outside of the realm of Fantastic Four or X-Men. Like, if anything, like, the one thing that kind of bums me out is, like, if we see more Inhumans, Inhumans are, like, the most overrated component or element in Marvel, and they know it, but, like, that's the only thing they've got going with them at the moment. Um, and, you know, I... I think it's weird that there might be rumors that we might not get a fucking Spider-Man in it, which is really weird to me. Like, there's some, yeah, there there's some parts that kind of, you know, bring back the ugly light that is licensing. But I, the fact that we have a date and that it kind of, you know, it's far more put together than uh, I thought it'd be does make me excited. Um, yeah, Street Fighter Five, and especially the mess that it is on PC. Like, I recently covered the beta and just cut dude just playing that and i have a very competent pc i really do i have a pc that can like run that but like oh man it's a fucking mess i haven't even popped it back into my um in my playstation 4 but i've been planning to check it out out of curiosity and i'm kind of afraid to i kind of you know i kind of don't want to make worse what was already kind of shaky ground but mm, i don't know um I am kind of looking forward more to Injustice 2, but that's also because it's closer. Yeah. I mean, we're going to get it, what, May 11th? Yeah, but, I mean, there are a lot of decent fighting games that are coming out this year. I mean, there's, like, the 
not so much new, but like a, a additional content for Guilty Gears coming out in May. Yeah, Injustice 2, Tekken 7, like there are other options. And I just, I feel like Marvel vs. Capcom, I didn't think they'd ever make another one after 3 and after Disney bought Marvel. So at least I'm excited that we'll get another one. I'm just not thrilled at the direction it's going in so far. I mean, they might change it. They, it might end up impressing me. I just really want ridiculous rosters. Like, I want the most, like, very, like, out there selection 100 characters characters. (laughs) i mean just like like injustice like you know they didn't really go for a lot of obscure characters this time around with the exception of maybe swamp thing and dr fate i think is the other one or something like that um i would have liked like a constantine or a dead man you know really obscure characters maybe we'll get them as dlc i don't know but but then who would garnish the stages like like in backgrounds and you know they kind yeah you're right I guarantee those are going to be in the stage, especially with Swamp Thing. I mean, if, if the fact that Swamp Thing's in there, Constantine won't be far behind. Uh, yeah, behind. I hope. I hope not. Or I'm sorry. No, no, no. Constantine. We uh, can't let no. Keanu Reeves confuse the way we pronounce it, dude. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but yeah. So um, I mean, we'll see. Maybe you know, I want to be surprised. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm awfully skeptical. So we'll have to wait and see what they come out with between now and September. Well, I mean, keep in mind as well. There's now, and then there's all the DLC that's coming out. So we very well may get our wish. I just, if there's one thing I can put to Nether Realms, like put out there, okay, we get it. You do Mortal Kombat. Don't fucking keep your Mortal Kombat on my comic books, dude. Just, I'm so, like, I, I don't know if I, I just sound like an asshole, but I was so disappointed that they wasted their last like character was scorpion when like you were working with dc dc is like the rich one of the richest universes to ever graced like any superhero culture fucking use it like like for fuck's sake man use ambush bug i don't give a fuck just keep scorpion or any other like fucking loser from like ah all right i'm I'm going too far but anyway (laughs) Um. Yeah, man. There, there, there's a lot to like carry us over. I don't know what's really coming out in the summer, but I think well, there's Splatoon two. I think Nintendo will probably carry through the summer, and we'll check it out. But I think mm. it's about time. There's not much else newsworthy coming out. I mean, there's several other pieces of news that we could touch on, but let's let's go ahead and move on to what's in your console, which might be pretty long or short. Who knows. <laughs> All right, Andrew. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know what? Who did we start off last time? Was it Andrew or Sarah? I don't know. I don't think it was me. Then by let's go with yeah, you, okay. Sarah. <laughs> gonna, gonna go with me? Okay. <laughs> um, well, uh, what have I been playing since we recorded last? Did we? Rec- was the Switch released last time we recorded? We must. It yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, it was. We, in so fact, some, I think some, all of us just like Zelda kept going news. on about Breath of yeah. the Wild. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. I burned everything. <laughs> Uh, all right, so um, been playing a few different things. I ended up getting Puyo Puyo Tetris for the Switch, and um, colored me impressed. No. I guess it's it's not bad. It does some yeah, really no. interesting things. I grabbed it on. Uh, I I grabbed it from the Japanese eShop and got a chance to like really have fun with it. Mm-hmm. And um, if anything, it's a big reminder that I am not good at Puyo Puyo. <laughs> like, I right? am fucking not. I've never been good at it, but it's, I've always wanted to be. It's probably worth uh, you checking out. There's, like, lessons that you can watch to see how you can basically 
do well at chaining. And after watching that, I did grasp it enough that I got like an eight times chain. So it wasn't too bad. I'm still far and away better at Tetris, though. That's I, I can get oh yeah, you know, three Tetrises off in under a minute. But um, but yeah, it, it's fun. Um, I don't think that the uh, there's one where it crosses both Puyo Puyos and Tetris in one single game. I don't yeah, think that's that the one... works out as well, and I'm not sure how other people are able to grasp it. <laughs> but um, it, it's it's rough around the edges for sure. Well, there's a certain like there's a means of chaining to where um, if you do what you can, because they give you a countdown right. when it's about to switch over. No, no, and no, no. Like, no. That's that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the one that's like fused. Like you, you have both Puyos and Tetraminos in the same playfield. Oh no! Yeah, no. Fuck that thing. That's that's taking it too far. That's yeah. It was that's a little rough, and somehow someone was able to destroy me online with it. So, yeah, I, I've I've got a lot of learning to do for that, just to sort of see the ins and outs. But uh, as far as the two separate modes go, they work very well, and uh, there's plenty to play there. Really, you can basically go forever with it. Um, played more Binding of Isaac. Uh, that's pretty much. I've, I've put more time, I think, into Bi- Binding of Isaac than any other Switch game that I've purchased so far. That is so weird. I know, right? Well, or okay, is it? I mean, it's a thing. twin stick shooter, so I mean, there's that going right. for it. Right. Um, well, you know, and I have something to add to that, funny enough, but but I'll mention it during uh, my. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I feel like an idiot when we get back to that, which we can touch back and go. Um, so, uh, I have the Binding of Isaac uh, remastered. I don't know if it's called Afterbirth, um, <laughs> which I don't remember a rebirth for. I don't for which system for though? PlayStation Four. Okay, yeah, they didn't do Afterbirth for for, for PS Four. It only went to Rebirth. So is that what's on Switch? It's Afterbirth. Afterbirth, yeah. Okay, so Afterbirth was available on Steam as an add-on to Rebirth. So it adds more enemies, more items, and a, okay. A more so it's essentially challenge. it's a different game. It yeah, essentially it is. If you were to buy it all on Steam, it would come to slightly more than the Switch version. Oh wait, no, a, a little less than the Switch version. But uh, in terms of cost, yeah, it costs about the same amount to get it on PC as Switch. Okay, so like that's the one thing because I'm like, oh, well, you know, I've already got that version on PlayStation Four. Mm-hmm. Like, do I do I spring for that on Switch? I would and say, then, like, probably yes. Yeah, well, there's also the rumor of the Amiibo coming out. Oh, what? Yeah, there's gonna be an Isaac Amiibo. <laughs> that, like, I think there is a teased model of it. Like, oh man, I don't know. I... No, I'll get that. Sure. <laughs> yeah, like, see. God damn. And and like I don't know exactly like hmm I really don't know like whether or not it'll be like anatomically something. correct. Is that what you're getting no, at? No, well no, 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 not anatomically correct. I I don't know if like springing for afterbirth will cuz like there's no multiplayer. That's like a one thing that I think mm. I think that's like the one thing that like there is. binding of Isaac there is. There is, yeah, but it's a roundabout kind of way. So as you're playing in Binding of Isaac, sometimes you'll come across these babies. And they'll autonomously do various things, like go after enemies, shoot different types of shots in conjunction with yours and so forth. But um, when you've got a baby following you, you can have another player control that baby directly. Oh, dude. That's exactly what I wanted. It's asymmetrical, but it's something. Hey, like... 
personally, like it's something. Yeah, like that alone would sell <laughs> it for me. Mighty number nine. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, there's an interesting. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Game Soup. Um, no. they they do some fairly interesting videos, but they did like uh, a really like really thorough breakdown of why that game is shit. And uh, man, it really just echoed a lot of the sentiments that I had in my review. But like, fuck. And and for those of you on Twitter, uh, and I recently reviewed Ukulele uh, on the site. We did a play play of it. Don't don't mix up the two. Ukulele has some weird like very small faults, but like nonetheless, they're very they're very small faults. Ukulele delivered everything that it set out to do and did it really fucking well. Mighty Number no. Nine was uh, was a weird shit show that gradually started showing its true colors like months before launch, and was way more of a, a fucking consumer betrayal. I wouldn't even call ukulele consumer betrayal. It, it, like I said, I'm very happy with that product. So, kind of bummed that I'm seeing people make those two connections. Um, and yeah, I'll I'll get to that again as I mentioned, but. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty rad. That like Binding of Isaac um, is a new game on the Switch. If that's okay, and the fact that it comes with like a manual and it does so much else. That... Okay, well, that's that's something that I've got to mention here. There was actually two prints of it. Uh, the first print has the manual and stickers. The second print has an alternate cover, but no extras. Uh, well, I don't need the stickers, yeah, dude. So I'm sorry. I'm I'm I've, I'm over the age of thirty. And like, no, no, no manual either, though. Uh, yeah, Banyol yeah. would have been dope. But you know, uh, if you can track one of the original ones down, it's got like even the spine has a, has a different design to it. It's got the actual font for Binding of Isaac, whereas the uh, the the re-release. Uh, I mean, it's got it's got a pretty bitching cover. Let's not mince words here. It's it's got Isaac with his angel wings out, and he's just kind of shouting with the tears streaming down his face and blasting all the creatures around him into dust. It's pretty cool looking. But uh, <laughs> I've never been so tempted to double dip, if if I'm a hundred percent honest. But um, but yeah, no, th- there's so much gameplay to that game; it's kind of ridiculous. So I mean, even if you have played the PS4 version extensively, chances are good that you haven't seen everything that Afterbirth has to uh, has to offer, right? Uh, even within the uh, the Rebirth confines, like um, barring the extra stuff, like how many hours did you put into the Binding of Isaac? Um. Not a whole lot, man. It was that, a review game. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, I yeah. think I put like 25 hours at most. There you go. So that's not nearly enough to see everything that even that game has to offer. There's so much. It's ridiculous. There's like 600 items to collect. Something like 180 There's a lot. Like yeah, the, it's the ridiculous. ARG campaign was actually something that I kind of bummed that I missed out on. Like I didn't stick with it long enough to do that. And you know, I'm I'm... I'm not that far away from Santa Cruz, so kind of bummed that, like... Although, I don't know, I also hear some weird stories that it didn't pan out the way uh, Edmund wanted it to, but that dude's always... Like, there's no secret how temperamental that dude is with... I don't know. Anyway. True. I'm, but, I mean, I'm I, happy... I, reviewed, I reviewed that game on Bullet Heaven. You can, you can check out that review if you want more uh, information on that game there, because... I have a much more interesting thing to talk about for what's in my console. Uh, PSP, I've been, been collecting a lot of PlayStation portable shooters. Um, I've been on this thing called the Game Quest to get every physically released shoot 'em up, whether it's a, a hidden mode 
or like a featured mode or just a straight up single release or compilation, um, I completed it. I've got the two last ones in the mail right now. Wow. Nice, dude. Yeah. So that's pretty intense. Yeah. I'm planning to do at least a couple more videos to show the ones that I've gotten because I got a big clump of them, but had no time to record episodes to, for the game quest. But uh, when that's all said and done, one big long episode showing every single one back to back is going to be pretty splendiferous. It's a pretty Damn, big dude. accomplishment. Oh yeah, uh, one of the one of the uh, on my way through there was quite a few of them that were really. It was really neat to see how the pl- the prices fluctuated and what was actually available. Like um, there was one Cap or not Capcom, it was uh, SNK Classics Volume Zero. Which you can get volume one on the PlayStation Portable, both in Japanese and in English, for like next to nothing. But the volume zero was close to two hundred dollars. Dude, I you know it's weird. There are so many things that have like recently with game shopping again where like I couldn't stomach dropping what they were asking for before, but the shit that they're asking for now, like I said, I saw Mega Man 7, I'm like, oh my god, why? Multiple hundreds, somebody, yeah. Yeah, no, KO Flying Squadron for Sega CD, I, last time I saw that game, it was like 500 bucks. Like, yeah, that it's, was, it's over a thousand now. And it's over a goddamn thousand mm-hmm. now, and I'm like, there's no way. There's yeah. no, like... And that, that I has, had, like, I a, think, like, there's another guy that I talk to a lot in terms of, like, our game collecting. He's got a really good Saturn collection, um, whereas I've got a much better PC Engine collection, and my PSP collection, of course, for shoot 'em ups is now complete. So, uh, we've been talking about this a lot, and we're noticing that when the big YouTubers start talking about stuff, that's when the prices mm-hmm. start getting jacked. Just when the exposure gets... So, I might have inadvertently killed... I might have inadvertently killed my own market. <laughs> Just from doing the coverage? <laughs> Dude. Just from doing uh, the coverage, yeah. Like, well, I'm glad that I got Sapphire when I did. It was $375 when I bought it. But now it's $1,700. Mm-hmm. It, so. Dude. But, I mean, with that said, I did get the... Uh, there's this collection. It's PC Engine Best uh, collection for PlayStation Portable. The Ginga Ojo-sama collection. And that has Galaxy Frail Line 1 and 2, which are kind of like point-and-click adventures with a uh, like a card-based battle system for certain skirmishes. But it also has Ginga uh, Fukeden Setsu Sapphire in it. You can get that for about 100 bucks. which if you're looking for a legitimate copy of Sapphire, that might be your best way to go about it at this point because even the bootlegs are over 200 bucks now. That Just that sentence alone, There's there's a lot to get out of that the anyway um yeah man um i i will say that i got super super lucky uh again uh i'll mention that i was able to pick up pocky and rocky 2 for under 100 bucks oh yes probably my that is my lucky find was it in box no okay no dude (laughs) i i stopped Okay, I buy repro cases, and also shout out if I haven't done it before. Another shout out they they've been super cool, and they like actually like noticed that I've been shopping with them. They gave me my own personal coupon to use because my goal at the moment I am so sick, and I mention it from time to time on on the show since I first discovered them. Um, but they are still like the best uh, retro game cases. I've just been buying like repro cases and like trying to avoid having loose carts on the shelf now like that is my goal um 
and they just expanded to include Super Famicom in Nintendo 64 and essentially like oh, nice. the Japanese but yeah dude so like I have so many Super Famicom cards as well like I just grab like I just curious I'm, I'm gonna go get Super Donkey Kong 2 okay, okay and like it does so before you go into that because this is a thing of mine right um how much are these cases I just want to know oh they vary anywhere between fucking here's the thing all right so this is where this will probably be where it works out for me more than would you um i get free shipping but that's because the dude's located in california right and he i I get the shit quick i cannot say the same will be said for you so that's where your cost might hit you but the case shipping is negligible yeah yeah well the cases vary anywhere from eight to 12 bucks jesus that's not bad so okay here's the thing i've been looking at a few games online right and the thing about my Super Famicom collection is that it's 100% box complete. So there isn't a game on my shelf that doesn't have a box or a manual when it comes to Super Famicom. And It'll sh- fit the manual, um, but it's like an acrylic clear case. It'll stick out. Oh, it will stick out. Okay, so it's just a yeah, clear dude, case like, then. Yeah, it's a clip, but the, like, the insert is done exactly within the style of the box. Okay, it's so great- they're... So, okay, the acrylic clear case is there, but there's an actual insert that has, like, the cover art and stuff like that? Yeah. Oh, well, that's all that I really need to know. Yeah, it has the spine. It has a spine that's just like the way it is in the box. The back mm -hmm. of the box is just like the way. And see, like, I buy buy the the Super NES cases. I buy the vertical ones where they're, like, reimagined as if they were released vertically Mm because I like uniformity in my shit. Super Famicom was always released vertically exactly yeah. so yeah, yeah they yeah. they just translate it and they do a really good job i'll, I'll show so, you pictures of my super donkey kong too so yeah basically that sounds good like uh, there was a couple games that i was looking at and i'm like oh you know that's not a bad price it's too bad it's loose you know 30 bucks for flying hero as soon as you start factoring the box it's 200 dollars. you know what i oh, mean dude, so I, st- I stopped factoring in the box like god knows how long ago yeah, i know uh biometal might be a good one to get from from japan i mean you sold you gave me that one copy for super nintendo but man i can't get past that two unlimited soundtrack God. well let's go ahead and let's move on yeah okay. um andrew Yo. what's in your console uh, buddy not much uh the only games i've played with any regularity recently were board games so i don't know if that really qualifies as something that would be in a console oh dude um, but uh, as we're recording this, the day prior was National Tabletop Day. Or International Tabletop Day, I should say. It's actually international. Um, so I've been doing that, you know, just uh, trying to go through my kind of growing collection of board games. But I never really have an opportunity to play. So did that. But the actual video games I've been playing, um, I think we've all played uh, Flint Hook at this point. I know we talked. Did we talk about well, Except for me. I'm I'm waiting on my Okay, you're still waiting now. for your actual shipped. one to come in. Um, yeah. Uh, but I've been playing it uh, for review, and I, I know George uh, had mentioned before the recording that he was playing it as well. Um, so this is made by Tribute Games. They're the same team behind, uh, I believe they did like Mercenary Scott Kings, Pilgrim, I think, and Scott and uh, Wizard, which is really kind of a cool underrated indie game on Xbox 360. Um, it's it's just one of those games like I want to like it so much, but I'm just not at the skill level to really get through it. It's a it's a roguelike, so it's a game that has you know procedurally generated levels. Um, you go through once you're dead, you're done. But then you get to carry over um, like skill cards and and certain level ups and power ups through your play. Uh, kind of similar to like Rogue Legacy, where in Rogue Legacy they gave you specific 
well, they gave you generated levels, but then they also gave you like some kind of prerequisites, like you know your character has uh, dyslexia or you know or like whatever they did, like where it would make the game you know have its own kind of initial challenges based on how your generations proceeded and how your offsprings kind of uh, were were brought into the game. Uh, this is a little different. You don't necessarily have things working against you, so to speak, but you do have, as you go through different levels, there's going to be different challenges. Like one might be a labyrinth or one might have, um, you know, like uh, more enemies in the level. So you kind of just are, you know, randomly generated levels of, of different different difficulties and challenges um but the gameplay itself not so much like rogue legacy uh you have a hook so you use a hook in order to progress through the level and a lot of the traversing the world and using the hook for puzzle solving it's a big part of it um personally i think the biggest challenge mm -hmm. to me personally using it is when you use it as a means of uh, evasion or using it in combat the combat part's been the toughest thing because i found that sometimes you'll have enemies that are protected by a bubble and you have to use the hook in order to break that bubble but sometimes if you're not careful and like like myself i'll just throw the hook out without much strategy or thought um, and you do eventually get the uh, ability to like I think on Xbox, I'm playing it on, you hold down left bumper and then you can aim your hook to a specific area. If you're not doing that and you're just throwing your hook out, I'll try to throw the hook out to break the bubble, but I'm inadvertently hooking onto it and pulling myself into danger. So you have to be really careful and be very precise about how you use movement and how you use your skills to your advantage in combat. Um, but it's just one of those games. Like I had a similar thing happen when I reviewed Spelunky uh, years ago. Love the game, love the concept, but I'm just not at the level to really progress through it. So if you find in my review that I haven't beaten the game, it's probably a good chance I haven't because I'm just not at that level to play through and beat the game. I don't know if you, I mean, I guess you would beat the game at some point, but it's just, it's tough to even get through because you basically have to get uh, three of these little skull kind of icons for your compass. And once you've gained all three, then you get access to the boss. And that's where you're getting your bounties. That's where you're getting a lot of the, you know, additional upgrades and things like that. So it's it's a challenge just to get to the boss. And then, yeah, sure enough, if you die, that's like game over, you start over. But you do get to keep your level uh, and some of the abilities and skill cards that you unlock throughout the game. Uh, I, dig, I dig it. I think it's a cool game. I love the aesthetic. The soundtrack's great. It's just that the challenge is not something I personally would play. Um but I do find as I'm playing more and more, I am getting more accustomed to the combat and the traversing. Uh, so you do get better with repetition and playing it, you know, on a regular basis. But it's just so frustrating when you know that you're really close to death and you're trying really hard not to get shot by one thing. And then random particle or random shot from something down, you know, below the map hits you or some something crazy. Or you land on spikes or whatever the case may be. Um, yeah, it, it, it's cool. It's just it's a challenging game to say the least. Yeah, I I think that my biggest gripe with it is that like there I don't I, I kind of had like a blackout of it even though like we saw a lot of the coverage mm -hmm. of the game within the last year. Uh, I don't like that you can't just like actually remain uh, stationary on a hook. Like you're whenever you're grappling you'll, towards, yeah, you'll let you're go. just mm -hmm. yeah, you're just like flung and like if there was just an option for me to just like hook somewhere and get like even a couple of shots in and then uh you know like fling myself about 
then I, I don't know. I think I'd get more of a handle on it. But the fact that you're like constantly moving in the game, like there's very, very, very few moments that you will like stay yeah. still is what just makes it well, really And also penalizes you in a way. I mean, I don't know if having a high score is necessarily a big deal. I mean, you do get to level up by your score. And then as you level up, you'll get packs that have cards that give you additional skills and, and, and abilities. But they will penalize you if you spend too much time in a level. Like, you'll lose points as you're, you know, taking more time going through the levels. So, speed is a big part of it, too. Like, in order to level up more, you want to go and kind of speed through things. Yeah, it'll fuck with your multiplayer uh, bonuses as well. Uh, Um, I don't know. I want to like it more. I do like it. I just, I don't think the mechanics are as polished is I like was thinking there would be, which is weird coming from like tribute. Like they usually get a pretty good handle on their things, but like they, I don't know, they are very much known for their um, their presentation. And I would say like in terms of like the the, the, the pixel look, probably like this is like one of their most minimalistic mm-hmm. ventures. Like I don't know, there's usually like a clear definition, especially like Mercenary Kings. Here, everything doesn't even have like an outline. Like I don't know, it's it's weird. very boxy kind uh, of. But yeah. I. En- yeah, very... I don't know, I enjoy it, though. But anything um, else? Not really. I mean, I could talk to you guys about Destiny once again, but I know that's going to be like beating a dead horse. No more yeah, so I'm s- Hey. I, are you even excited uh, for 2? Very much so, yeah. Uh, I, I feel like I think that Destiny 1 is ending in a good place with the raids being brought up to the light level. It gives you another reason to do a lot of the content that people have since forgotten about. So I think they've they've done right by the community to give this content at the end of Destiny 1's life cycle um, in anticipation for 2. Uh, I think the beta reveal hopefully is coming soon. The multiplayer or the, the gameplay reveal is coming in a few weeks from this recording. Uh, I'm really excited about it. But, yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, this is just now the part where they're like, okay, well, the sequel's coming out, so why bother with Destiny 1, which I get. Um, but for me, it's it's you know a way to kind of clean up and, and, and finish up stuff I didn't get a chance to do before. And, and that's been fun when I get the chance to play. But yeah, I'm really excited about the sequel, very much so. Uh, that's about it for me. Hmm. I, I, I definitely have a stack of things that I'm going to try to get to at some point in time. But uh, yeah, no, no guarantee on when that will happen anytime real soon. But yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to play more as we... I will say I don't feel like there's a lot of big releases other than maybe Injustice for me coming out here soon. So uh, hopefully we'll catch up on some of the stuff that came out in the first three months of the year. That yeah, I'm totally looking forward to a summer of like Black yeah. releases because like I don't I dude I haven't even touched like Persona Five. Yeah, and, same. Like I want to finish Persona. Same 4. here. <laughs> yeah. Um. So real quick. Uh, it's, it's very funny because we released a play play where uh, me and Andrew kind of tore apart mm-hmm. Andromeda um, hours after the video was uh, made public and we got that on the site and everything uh, Bioware came out and said that they're going to release a patch that's going to fucking address literally everything we talked about I got the chance to play it's like a fucking different game mm. it is um, I, th- I could actually feel much better uh, you know, recommending it, uh, and even if I will, but I will say that like I did have like uh, a review like that I wanted to get together, and like I'm I'm gonna have to scrap it, uh, and then I, I really want to put like a disclaimer. This is post patch, um, and I it, it's weird because I feel like I can get away with doing it. They they really um, I don't know. It really goes to show that like there was such a rush to get that game out there that they they definitely whatever they released was 
questionably unfinished. Um, especially for the console versions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been I've been digging it a little bit more. I don't. I'm nowhere near uh, at a point where I'd, I'd be able to. Like, I haven't had, like, my fucking Saren moment or, like, my Reaper moment to where, like, I knew that, like, oh, man, this is really going somewhere. That hasn't happened for me in it yet. But it's been, like, as sad as it's it sounds to say, this has been some neat fan service for me. But, like, we kind of thought that this is what it was going to be here and there. And I really don't like that I still don't understand or have a real definition of who my character is supposed to be as the pathfinder like i i get you know maybe not having it to the binary system of paragon or renegade does give it more um it definitely gives it more depth but it also lacks definition like i it's so much depth that like you know i'm essentially on the fence anybody can be on the fucking fence i i kind of like would like to define my character a bit more than like what i'm currently doing within weird it's it's almost like the the way telltale handles its choices to where there's all this minutia of choice but then like there are the big choices that'll really uh come into effect um i really got into jack brothers on virtual boy i don't know fucking how um like (laughs) like, we did a play play of that too yeah dude and like and man i almost kind of want to redo the play play because I discovered the twin stick shooting that like completely makes it so much easier. And then there are super moves that we could have used the whole time. Somebody oh, was what? mentioning when they watch our play play. Yeah, I'm an idiot, basically. Um I got like dumb far and I'm actually preparing a piece about how Virtual Boy is the only thing that Nintendo has ever done three D right with. Because, again, like, the 3D on the 3DS sucks, but, like, the Virtual Boy... Like, it's weird, because people are like, oh, man, they should really bring Virtual Boy to the 3DS. Like, they should bring... And I was even on that camp for a bit, and I'm just like, no. I'm sorry if you really want to play it. Um, you know, you can emulate it to an extent without the 3D, and if, like, you really want to play it, but the real way to play it is to get the fucking, like, get the red, bulky, red, black piece of shit and, like, put it around your face and get play it. Get the goodness. And, like, yeah, I get the goodness. I yeah, I mean it's kind of hard to say that. But um somebody uh there is a ROM out there that I'm trying to get a reproduction of and I'm going to be excited to play um where somebody was able to port a Super Mario or Mario Kart Super Circuit with new levels and new tracks and essentially make a virtual boy version out of it. Um there's also a version of Street Fighter for it called Hyper Fighting. Uh, that like somebody added on to the unfinished build that got leaked a while back. So those are the two. Like it's really embarrassing to say that I'm keeping my eye on buying two Virtual Boy games. But fuck it. Like that's what I'm doing right now. Um, I am currently reviewing Voodoo Vince because uh, again, this is the year of platformers. Like we had the year of Bow. Uh, we had that Voodoo Vince. Um, surprisingly holds up. I, I think it was just like that game that really got overlooked, but sadly, I think it's getting overlooked all over again. That kind of bums me out. Um, ukulele finished it, completed it, like got everything in it. Really good. It is really good. Um, however, it's really good because I had such an intimacy with Banjo Kazooie. It's really, really hard to like sing that game's praises when there are so many times it paraphrases what the Baron Bird did. Uh, and like, I, I shit you not. I feel like 
fucking the sound design between David Wise and Grant Kirkhope. They even like, I don't know how they may have actually reused some sound effects that like maybe fucking Rare and Microsoft don't have any legal claim to. But like that is how goddamn similar it is. Um, I also kind of like I'm settled at a point where I don't think a ukulele two sequel. I don't even think I would want that or need it. Like it definitely it it it's a testament to the fact that like I don't know between Mighty Number no. Nine and Ukulele, maybe Capcom is onto something with not having another Mega Man game out there because I mean how much can you really do? But then I see awesome fan games like Mega Man Unlimited that you and I covered, Andrew, and other stuff where like there's still fuel in the tank. It just needs to be done by people who did it not by like fans who want to like try to recreate that for the sake of nostalgia that's kind of what's hurting a nostalgia but one thing i will say and i gave it a perfect score and i really want to take a little bit of an opportunity to talk about is wonder boys 3 dragon's trap get it i don't care if you need to wait to get it on steam later like like in june when if that's the case fuck it it'll be worth it but until then if you haven't grab if you have a switch grab it it is so good. Do we know if uh, that's going to get a physical release or not? I uh, no. That, that's the trend with a lot of Switch games. Is a lot because like here's the thing, and like that's something we could have talked about as well. Um, to physically manufacture games for the Switch is expensive. Yeah. Like that's why all the physical versions are more expensive than even like the, the PlayStation Four or Xbox ports of them. And like that's going to be the case with Ukulele. Uh, that's going to be the case with mm-hmm. uh, Dragon Strap and, and just some others. Now, limited run. I know we were actually talking about it, like off the record, how like we some of us had some unpleasant experiences. Yeah, but let's they've not, been in. Let's let's hope not. <laughs> yeah, but there's been talk that they might actually, you know, do something there. Though they they are still a small outfit, so I don't even know how much they can really afford for distribution. Um, but that's I don't know and. And some games even don't really need the physical release. I mean, some like Nintendo's been doing an incredible job of making sure that the installs don't take place on on the fucking system. But then you've got like Lego City undercover that like it's fucking worthless whether or not you get the cart or not. So who knows? Um, but either way, I don't just get it. I've never seen such a like painstaking like the composition alone, sir. Like and and the like the the behind the scenes looks at like the the remastering of the audio and and the like everything they done with like a mandela like a fuck a, a, a mandala is what i'm like god i don't know why i said mandela anyway uh, all all the like the percussion instruments and string instruments used oh my god it, it is so well done and like all the nice little touches they did to improve the game i like I gave it a five out of five. It is totally worth it. It is so you can switch uh, back to the original graphics as well. Uh, yeah. Fun, right? Oh yeah. yeah. And does it switch back amazing. to the original sound? Yes. Cool. Is that uh, you can even PC make engine that. or turbo uh, master system? Or master system. Okay. Yeah. All master system. No, none of the uh, turbo graphics port. Which you know, dude. Let's be real. The turbo graphics port was not as good as the master system one. I have both. Mm, I'll better, tell you right now. Better sound though. Let's be real. Eh. But like. It is fuck, man. It's so good, and all the neat little touches. In fact, I think the thing I love the most is like it'll it'll still give the option to give you the retro password, and I'm like, I'm gonna plug that into my copy right now. Worked. <laughs> oh, neat. It was that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's pretty. Cool. It worked. It was it was great, man. I loved it. Like it, if you have a switch, 
grab it. Another one, I imported this from the Japanese eShop, and then I didn't think it would get a American release, but it did. So I'm like, oh, well, fuck. Um, was Kimiko, which is this cool little top-down uh, action title on the Switch. Um, very, like, it's it's got a, like, a weird Zelda but arcade vibe to it. And hmm. um, you can either play it like a like a shooter or you could play it like an action game um i definitely recommend it's dude it's five fucking dollars so like or you can even and like i bought the japanese version um but it had a language option that so and it that immediately took over it was like a reminiscent of the neo geo so it recognized that it was on an american system put everything in english oh nice so there you go. i probably why it did come out because it was so easy to like bring on but it's five dollars uh and that's essentially it I've been playing a uh, fuckload more, but like uh, I think we'll we'll do some various play plays and whatnot. I embarrassingly put more time in the Jack Brothers than I had any business doing, <laughs> and like and it's like I don't know. Embarrassingly, anything, I still have to pick me... up a copy. Dude, I yeah, same here. Like I think that's why I've been playing it is I just have to justify like the money I spent on it and got still got lucky with spending on it. But anyway, um, let's go ahead and move on to the future topic. Um, so it's so funny just kind of what it's evolved into, like, since, like, the fact that it was just meant to be nothing more than, like, some shorts on the Tracy Ullman show, which some of you, like, may not even give a fuck to remember who, know like, thing, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, like, it's so weird because, like, I think the Simpsons in its heyday were, like, a testament to the marketability uh, of of something um and it was oh, yeah. one of the few properties that stood as social commentary for said marketability like mm. I, there's the hypocrisy of early simpsons fucking is like goddamn it's a it's a it's a sight to behold um but i think it did a lot if anything for licensed games and kind of changed the way we looked at it and to be honest like there were a few iterations of the license that were good, and there are a few iterations that were just fucking lame. But, man. Oh, I think most were um, pretty lame. Let's be real. Yeah, but, like, I still feel like there's a lot that was done, um, especially around the Bart character, that I still feel like is worth mentioning. Um, and it, it it had, like, an impact um, just, just in how we perceive licensed games and just video games in general. And... Uh, it's also one of the few properties that got really, really fucking creative. Um, now, like, everybody always argues about it, but from what I could, like, gather, uh, essentially, um, the very, very first Simpsons game, uh, was not, in fact, uh, the Simpsons arcade. Uh, I mean, if you want to count in Japan, then yeah. But it was actually Bart versus the Space Munits for the NES. And, mm. like, dude, I don't know. Like, my mom's still obsessed. Mamba Boy Zach's is still obsessed with QVC to this day. <laughs> but if you guys, uh, for any of those kids who probably had, like, 
fucking parents who like loud consumerism to like take over any point that they became depressed in in their adult day-to-day living um qvc did a lot of fucking promotions for uh video games as well and that's the first time i saw this like there'd be times where like they'll be showcasing them playing it and like is weird that like that that was fucking youtube for me (laughs) i was watching qvc of video games being played and yeah bar versus space mutants really reached out to like Dude, like, can we all admit, like, in its prime, we all wanted to be Bart Simpson, right? Or in a sense, we kind of all were Bart Simpson, like, when it came to, like, the more unflattering qualities of the character. (laughs) Yeah, a little. Like, I didn't, I, dude, I did not do well in school. I just, I didn't, I can give a shit less, I wasn't motivated. My parents, like, you know, and I don't want to turn this into a a personal gush of, of stuff, but, like, needless to say, like, my upbringing... Uh, a lot of it is attributed to TV, which is something that you can definitely say is reminiscent of, like, you know, Bart's upbringing. And, and even even now, with the games, like, witty jabs at, like, you know, stuff like Pokemon Go and other um, video game references. But, like, you know, video games have had, like, a pretty big place in, in The Simpsons. Um, and I'm glad that, like, a part of that carried over uh essentially to the game space but in those early years it was all about like the fucking kid who would just spout out don't have a cow man um and i'm kind of curious it, it, <laughs> yeah and like and it's it's i don't know andrew like did you ever check out some of the older simpsons titles um i remember a specific one on i think nintendo I don't remember which one it was, but I remember you could jump on top of Moe's bar and there was like a secret there. That was Space okay. Yeah. Bart versus okay, the Space I remember Mutants. that one briefly. <laughs> I didn't play a lot of it. My my knowledge of Simpsons games kind of originated with the arcade game, the four-player arcade game. I think that's where like at least the video game part of it kind of started for me in a big way. Um, but yeah, definitely that one I would say is probably the one I, I have most experience with. Uh, I played some of the other ones, um, like Simpsons Hit and Run, you know, some of the other ones that came later, but um, at least initially starting out, I'd say the arcade game was probably my first really big exposure to it. Um, was there well, what, what, I mean, what, was even the then, like, did you play as Bartman in that, or did you power up as Bartman? Uh, no, you played as, like, just Bart okay. as a kid. Now, mm. there is, okay, there is one for the NES. I think that's the, like, rarest Simpsons game. That's Bart meets Radioactive mm. Man. Uh, oh, yeah. Which, yeah, that that's... was on Nintendo, and weirdly enough, Game Gear was <laughs> not on Game yeah. Boy. Um, but it also, um, got released on Super NES as well. Um. There was also and... Bart versus the World. Yeah, I do kind of. Bart versus the World briefly. is mostly, I mean. I think that's the thing, because, like, I don't think that, like, I, I I attribute Simpsons a lot like I do to South Park, where I don't think Matt Groening and, and fucking uh, James Brooks and any of them had any idea that, like, the show would evolve into this weird commentary piece about, like, modern times. I mean, there's a lot of, like, witticisms and, and clever joke writing, uh, fucking way more than we'll probably see in the last two seasons of, like, current day Simpsons, but... There was uh, essentially a lot there that gave... I I mean, it was the perfect breeding ground for fucking a video game. And then, like, what's funny is, like, when the Simpsons arcade game came out, because, like, that was 91, 
I mean, fuck, man. I don't even remember how old the like the show show was because I think it started um, back eighty seven. Yeah, eighty seven. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the show was only around for three years. It had maybe twenty five episodes to its name. And, like, you saw characters used in ways that, like, the Japanese interpreted it. Like, fucking Smithers being some angry-ass, like, fucking crony in a lab coat. Like, when the fuck has he ever worn a lab coat or done anything <laughs> remotely <laughs> related to True. science? Well, there's also yeah. the uh, the whole uh, Marg's rabbit skeleton as well. Well, that's that goes back to, like, a, a little tie-in to... Which also, um, that was kind of confirmed as well, that that was sort of like the plan the whole time, is that there was actually, she was actually a rabbit. This yeah, is a real well, thing, that, yeah. Matt Groening did like a, a little short comic that I think it was like Rabbits from Hell or yeah. like Bunny Hell. Yeah. Um, or something with Hell in the title. And forgive me, I don't have the most expanded uh, knowledge of Simpsons, so like fucking eat my shorts. But um <laughs> There, there were a lot of nods there that, like, have now just kind of gone on to be, like, these cultural tropes within... Like, the Simpsons have kind of, like, been able to breed their own culture. But, like, I love that, like, as the setting of Springfield and, like, the antagonists of, like, you know, Mr. Burns or other people were kind of coming into their own, that this would, like, kind of set up, like, the perfect setting for a video game, especially old campy games. Like... I, you know, what's funny is, like, the, a lot of early, even, like, arguably now that they still keep it up, it's really weird. It's, like, Simpsons is one of the few testaments to where, like, Bart, uh, like, loves this goddamn, like, TV clown. Who, and even back then, who the fuck likes clowns? Like, let's be <laughs> real. Like, who really likes clowns? But, like, I love that, like, in the realm of the video games, like, Krusty, like, was a antagonist, like, whether you were, like, escaping from, like, Camp Krusty or, like, there was even, like, Krusty's Funhouse where you played as Krusty uh, and you're essentially trying to fucking get your life back together, like, after Bart, like, just gone and fucked everything up. Um, personally, my favorite is Virtual Bart. That that was, like, a weird mini game collection but was a nice take on, like, uh, everything that went on. I kind of want to, like ask you guys i mean what do you guys think happened because it's weird that the simpsons got more popular in the late 90s and then like just kind of maintain like this cult status with it uh as it kept going but like the video games like totally petered out we got like everything from like fucking like weird little game boy releases or playstation releases like simpsons bowling and simpsons wrestling yeah the simpsons wrestling Uh, is the one that i remember yeah, that was also god damn. That was a really weird take with it. Yeah. Um, but then like then that was made like, by at, that was made by Acclaim, right? I want to yes. say yeah. Acclaim did nearly all the development from 16-bit and up. Hmm. Um, Imagineer Software and Flying House, I want to say, are the publishers from like the NES and like old 8-bit or even early early ass Simpsons games. Uh, Konami really only did that fucking one, which uh-huh. was the arcade game. But at the same time, like Konami, dude, they licensed so many fucking beat em ups. Like, I think there's a hook beat em up out there based on the movie that yeah, the that's, Konami that's did. That's Sony, you yeah. Know that? like, like a Rufio player. Um, It'd be all right. 
Uh, <laughs> it's actually so fucking fun. I, I wonder, maybe the reason why the Simpsons games kind of fell off in like you know the mid to late nineties, and then the show kept on doing well. Once a claim folded, who got the license? Uh, EA. They, they didn't do and anything see, with it until the movie. I want to say. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Actually, THQ oh. got the license. Then, wow. yeah, it was it was weird because it was between also, EA and THQ. Like no one ever definitively yeah. had it. A claim. Uh, a claim also did the eight bit stuff too. Huh? Yeah. Oh shit! Know. They did do it. Yeah. So like, but that's when video games started getting back in the fold again, and then like. One of arguably like people still hold to this day is the best Simpsons game ever is Simpsons yep. Hit and Run, which is their Grand Theft Auto clone. Yeah. Um, and that like it's weird because like it, it kind of like I think that defined the Simpsons like the way the Simpsons arcade kind of defines like you know arcade yeah. culture and like just the wackiness of it. It did a very poor job to the license in a sense. It was like a lot of weird wacky nods, but not much there after as to where hit and run is the exact opposite and it was uh, essentially like the 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 most faithful tribute that it could be to the license to the point where like you know you get an actual game that's just titled the simpsons game and like there it it is nowhere near as well done as hit and run which is weird considering i mean there was even a fucking there's a crazy taxi clone hit and run like it's it's weird to me, and then like let's talk about Simpsons video games now. Do you guys uh, want to know how you can do anything in the Simpsons right out, now, video game wise? Yeah, yeah. It's either it's tapped out popular, or it it is. It's weirdly popular. that came, the thing came out back in 2013, and like it it's still like I think it's one of the few games that EA like fervently fucking stays on top of. Uh, and they do events. They do a lot of different things. But, like, the only other way you can play it is uh, uh, or, or anything Simpsons-related is LEGO Dimensions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have oh, yeah, Simpsons yeah. level kits. And, like, I kind of find that weird. Like, um, I mean, there's there's actually uh, quite a few mobile games. Like, there's Minutes of Meltdown and Itchy and Scratchy Land. But, like, you know, the show got renewed for, I think, three more seasons. So, like, the show's not going anywhere. But, like, why is it that, like, video games have just suddenly stopped? Uh, let me ask this question. Uh, maybe it kind of coincides with your question of why have they stopped. If you had the decision of making a Simpsons game now in the market that we have, in the landscape that we have, what kind of game would you make? Dude, side-scrolling platformer. So you Easy. go back You go back to the or- basics. Kind of what made yeah. it, made yeah, it, but, it was before. But let's not let's not make it as bad as like the original games because that platforming was like you know it was mildly serviceable. But dude, I, I mean, I just I okay. Nostalgia is a huge pandering to nostalgia is a huge issue. But like, can we talk about like if we really get down and admit it? That's what The Simpsons in itself, like video games completely aside, that's what they do. They it's that's kind of like the big reason why it is not as uh you know revered as much as it used to be. But even then, the people who like criticize it so openly about where it's at can't help but still like fucking tune in Sunday nights to catch the newest episode on Fox. Like you can't, and like it's still rapidly shared on the internet. I mean, hell, if there was, dude, if there was just a level that was just centered around couch gags. I you know I all of us would eat it up. There's so much that you can still do, and 
like so many liberties that you can I think more than ever that you can take with a license and I think that if anything the video games have moved on uh to be essentially a tribute to the like just the the world and property as a whole and have forgotten like really how to be video games that are just fun because they're a video game like the arcade and the old NES and like I don't know that that's arguable cuz personally Sarah they haven't aged the best but I fucking love those old games like every 16 Bart's Nightmare and Virtual Bart alone were just like really weird interpretations of of Simpsons granted they were a little more Bart focused that I would have liked them to be but just the humor alone of like the fact that there was a minigame in Virtual Bart where you get to play as Bart who's an escaped pig who's trying to escape like a meat factory and then like a game over scene is him getting turned into a corn dog then Homer unpacking <laughs> him looking at him and screaming in horror because he resembles his son and then going ahead and eating the fucking corn dog anyway <laughs> is one of the funniest goddamn things like there there's so much there that like can really retain like the charm and humor of the simpsons and i don't know i i guess that that would bring up a point andrew i'm like do you feel like they they've kind of exhausted every because think about it there's a bowling game there's a skateboarding there's a tony hawk clone of fucking uh <laughs> simpsons out there like you know what i mean like they've, they've kind of already done it but like and and then far like fucking tap out is essentially like the weird like city building farmville esque like outlet for the game. I mean, the only thing they haven't done with a goddamn license is make it a shooter, which well they we've kind of seen did. What that though. did for South Park. What what would be a Simpson shooter? Well, part of Bart's Nightmare. I mean, yeah. As a side scroll, like, I'm talking about like, talking right? about like a but first person shooter. I could totally see that happening too. I think if someone got the license an- for it, yeah, it would happen. Well, okay, here's my go- – this has kind of been our go-to, and this is kind of where I want to finish off this topic. Yeah. Um, but th- – and it sucks because I feel like, you know, we do kind of jump to this publisher and developer every time we think of, like, well, what can you do with this license? But I think there's a lot of life left that, like, the Simpsons can, can, can give. And, like, they help cement, like, a lot of different things. Like, I'm telling you right now, the beat-em-up genre, like, that's one of the, like – most revered like one of the most revered games within the genre is that arcade game and that's why it got the re-release that it did on xbox live but like if there's one studio that i think can take on a simpsons game it's telltale oh yeah like a choice driven episodic telltale game like granted i don't know how well they'd be able to handle comedy i mean here's and like maybe i'll need some listeners to fill in the blanks i don't know how well they did with tales of borderlands i think that's the closest thing they've done to anything comedy related um because there's a lot of generally funny moments but there's still something like that's big that's going on there um like i i think the um i don't know the the epic like edge of your seat like decision making for Simpsons, probably won't. It, yeah, it I don't think that, that, that'd com- be really challenging. Some comedic timing, I bet, though. Yeah. It, it could. It really could. But I think there's there there's still plenty of gas in the tank. And, like, if anything, I kind of, like, just want to talk about what Simpsons has done for video games in general. I mean, you want to talk about, like, just the fact that they acknowledged everything from, like, Mortal Kombat with Bone Storm to just, like, the climate of arcades and violence and, and just depiction of, like, how people see video games as as a whole. To the point where now, like, 
there's an episode where Homer's become obsessed with Pokemon Go. Like, fucking, <laughs> like, yeah, dude, I'm not making it up. Like, the Simpsons have done plenty of things. And granted, like, you, a lot of these arguments you can probably, like, make with um, uh, essentially uh, South Park, which, you know, I do kind of go out, but uh, go out to, like, talk about uh, on a uh, repeated level. But, like, fucking just a super slugfest, which was, like, this weird beat-em-up that they talked about in uh, Moaning Lisa that appeared in 1990. Uh, fucking Escape from Grandma's House. That That's something where Bart gets an F. There's, there's literally, like, so many different games. Touch of Death. Um, fucking... Uh, Larry the Looter, which I think is like probably the the most prevalent of the game, where you basically work to rob like several different houses, like on what looks like elevator action or um, some other oh, man. I'm trying to remember. Uh, Escape from Death Row, uh, and, and then fucking uh, Panamanian Strongman. Bone Storm is probably the most prevalent one, um, the one that everybody remembers, but. Uh, it's kind of weird that like the depiction of um, video games kind of evolved. There's a one um, episode where Lisa gets sick and she has to stay home and like, she kind of stops caring about school and she's playing a game called dash dingo, which I don't know if you guys are fucking familiar with like what that is supposed to parody, but like just the fact that like they, that like all these references and, weird little uh, nods of culture have then made it into uh, Simpsons is fucking dope. Um, you guys, uh, Triangle Wars, I don't know if that um, kind of, that one's a little more transparent. Like um, but Wars? Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Alright. Cool, cool. <laughs> there's, there's even one that like is straight up a homage to fucking um... Amanda um, Warcraft, uh, Earthland Realms. The entire episode is uh, essentially them being in an MMO. Uh, but there's so many different ones to the point where just like the way they have the McBain nods, they, they all connect together. There are sequels to Slugfest and Super Slugfest. Um, and uh, essentially, like, fucking... Um, oh, man. I think there's even a reference to uh, Bone Storm 2. There's Pack Rat. There's a uh, coffee fiend. There, there's so many different ones that like take all these different nods at video game culture that I feel like there aren't a lot of properties that kind of pay that amount. At least a lot older properties. I mean, you sh- you see shit like right now, like where Gravity Falls has an entire episode that's like basically a love letter to Street Fighter. Um, what? I don't know, man. What What do you think that like? I I, I guess what I want to close this topic out at is that like. Andrew made it seem like the Simpsons I mean they're, it's a, it's an age old joke where like Simpsons did it they've already done it like you make it sound like they've already done everything that they could to kind of like get involved within the realm of video games uh, do you see do you not see anything else that they could possibly touch on like other than a Telltale series hmm I mean me personally I've always wanted to see a legit really good fighting game I feel like they could pull from so many characters and so many different stages and things of that series. Yeah, and, I, and I Homer's think so. already kind of like a big character, in like the Mugen 
like when people like do like uh, Mugen for like fighting games, like they'll throw Homer in there a bunch and like Peter Griffin <laughs> stuff like that. So he's already kind of a, a, a integral part of fighting games already. So I feel like if they wanted to do a fighting game, they could probably, I don't know. It kind of just reminds me of, of those types of games because they recently announced this game called them fighting herds. And it was originally a fan-made My Little Pony fighting game. Oh, yeah, the and My Little Pony project into, that, that kind of went and, into and its, its own It's kind of like a Skullgirls-esque kind of fighting game, and it looks really cool. So, like, yeah, I think they could nail something like that with The Simpsons, do, like, a 2D fighting game or something like that. Um, I don't know if the demand would be there uh, to really warrant making one. I would say either that, or I would like to see them do a adventure game, like a double-fine adventure game of some sort in The Simpsons universe. That I think would actually work, especially when you see like like full throttle yeah, just got a release. Yeah. I mean, essentially, the the, the license is so mm-hmm. open and like the world and characters, everything is just like so like easily identifiable yet so flexible that like they can do anything and like to the point where like, I mean, fuck man, they made a crazy taxi clone. Like they've done so much that like I think the humor. You know what? I'd probably rather go with a Double Fine game than a Telltale game. I feel like Tim Schafer... I feel like a lot of humor and just, like, the the, the cynicism and snark that, like, kind of defines us, especially, like, people who are really, like, prevalent within the, the, the video game industry and culture, are as, a lot of it's attributed to The Simpsons. And, again, it was a property that actually held games in reverence. Like, it... it it's something that I really think has plenty of gas left in its tank. And I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm looking forward to whatever, uh, the Simpsons shows up in outside of just like some dumb fucking like season three announcement. Like I would, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even mind another movie. Uh, and I mean that, but like, I'm also kind of sick of getting tapped out updates too. I would like to something do something else. else with the, like America's favorite dysfunctional family. So but anyway, what was your favorite game though? Out of the whole thing, dude, I think we can all agree that the arcade is incredible, but personally I love virtual Bart. If you virtual guys Bart, can yeah. get the ch- virtual Bart is incredible. Bart's <laughs> nightmare is great, but if you guys can find a copy of virtual Bart, grab it. Uh, weirdly enough, all the portable Simpsons games, they're all actually really still pretty good. Nice. I would also check those out as yeah, well. Yeah, me, it's it's definitely Bart's Nightmare. I think I spent the most time in that one, and I made the most progress, but I never did beat it. I, it's super I am down, dude. I am down the one where, like, all the minigames were within his pieces of homework. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, dude, I am totally down to do a versus, because I think Virtual, Bo- uh, Virtual Bart is an evolution of Bart's Nightmare and beats it hands down. But, I don't know, we can probably throw some words down on that and catch some fucking four-fingered hands. Until then... I'd say it's about time for episode end. All right. Well, you guys just listened to episode 103 of Press Pause Radio. If you like what you've heard, you can definitely uh, check us out on iTunes. We're on Stitcher, on Scatter Radio, and we're on SoundCloud. Uh We'll uh, definitely try to make sure we get the remaining library on SoundCloud and try to organize it. And then I am still working on not only getting our library out on YouTube, uh, but I'm currently in the move to migrate all of our video. Well, not migrate, but also make all of our videos available on VidMe, uh, which is something else that uh, Sarah has turned uh, me on to, uh, something that we can create as another outlet for the site. Uh, there's going to be some more play plays coming out. Uh, we're planning on doing Kimiko. 
uh, Tower of Heaven, uh, Flint Hook. Man, that game is so there's, good. Yeah, there there's so many games that we can do uh, play play. I'm gonna have some other reviews out. Uh, Walking Dead season three, Flint Hook. Uh, my Hollow Knight review will be out shortly. We've got Cosmic Star Heroine and Persona Five. There's still plenty of stuff to keep an eye out for. Rain World. Um, we've got plenty of. Uh, pieces of editorial that you can find along with the episode at presspodradio.com you can also uh, as I mentioned keep an eye on the videos on our YouTube at the PPR broadcast on YouTube uh, youtube.com slash the PPR broadcast follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook uh, we're also relaunching our Instagram so I'm going to go ahead and definitely keep you guys in the know with that um, and you can also send us uh, any questions or anything that you have on those social networks, as well as also hit us up at mailbag at presspodradio.com. Again, that is mailbag at presspodradio.com. Um, we have some more videos and stuff that are uh, in the works. And uh, aside from that, I, I think I'm also looking and I would like to hear everybody. I'm going to scrap the forum altogether because we're never on it. Uh, and I'd like to create a subreddit instead. So I think that's something that we will uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and get out in production. We still have all the other projects that we've been teased and, and talked about. We're still getting in motion. I think we're finally getting uh, a hang of everyone's schedule and new big life changes. And again, um, you can also catch some of my work. I'm, I'm trying to expand my work. I'm, I'm currently working to apply towards uh, Gematsu as well as also trying to pitch my pieces to Silicon Era and right now I'm writing for Game Skinny so you can catch more of that and we'll, we'll, we'll try to expand and do what we can um, also if you get the chance check out Hey Poor Player they're going to be at fucking E3 and they've been killing it lately with their coverage plus Sarah's been writing for them from time to time so you can catch Every more Sarah's work there too <laughs> uh, speaking of Sarah's work so, yeah, I'm all over the place these days. I have got new music up. Uh, I launched yeah. recently the alternate tracks to Ghostblade HD on Bandcamp. Uh, a full 11-track album plus seven bonus tracks that have not been heard outside of this particular album, as well as placeholder art as well. Um, $6.99, um, and of course, all proceeds go right back into production. You can catch me on YouTube with new episodes of Bullet Heaven, Game Quest, Crate Day, and Import Heaven whenever I get around to that again. Um, oh and yeah, the also available Bandcamp. Yeah, exactly. You can get them right on the uh, on the Press Pause Radio site. But Game Quest is kind of not a Press Pause Radio thing. But uh, anyways, um, oh true. Yeah, that is true. The um, boo boo boo. What am I trying to get at here? The uh, music, by the way, smpmusicproductions.bandcamp.com, as always. Um, I'm also over on Vidme, vidme.com slash Siraxer, Twitter at Siraxer, and you can catch me on, uh, you can catch us, uh, actually, Dave Runa and I on Facebook at, uh, on the Bullet Heaven, no wait, it's, just, it's now the Studio Mudprints um, page, so it's basically just facebook.com slash Studio Mudprints, and, uh, you can get updated and behind-the-scenes looks at all kinds of stuff that we're that we're working on at that point in time. And you oh. can also find Andrew on Destiny. Yes. <laughs> yeah, find there is actually one off. other thing. There is actually one other thing. I do uh, live streams now every yeah. Friday and Saturday sure. nights at uh, 10 o'clock uh, p.m. Atlantic time. That's uh, 9 Central, 6 Pacific. 
And uh, we do something called the Mud, Mud Prince Mega Stream. We choose three different games, give each one of them a bit of time. Lately, we've been doing a lot of Xbox 360 shooters. Um, but we also do a lot of Friday Night Switch and various other consoles as well. So if you want to drop by and have a conversation with us in the chat, uh, every single Friday, it'll usually go on for about two to three hours, starting at 10 Atlantic, 6, cent, uh, six Pacific, 9 Central. It's, yeah, They've been pretty I, neat. I would yeah, definitely I jumped check in them out. for a little bit the other week to kind of just drop in and say hi. And they've got quite a few people there, you know, actively talking, chatting, um, and, and, and yeah. saying they're you know, really cool about responding and kind of you know carrying the <laughs> conversation. So it's it's a really cool time. I would definitely recommend it. So yeah, Dayruna Day usually handles the chat while I play the games. But uh, like last week we had like or the last stream that we had on Friday there, it was like there was tw- over twenty five mm-hmm. people. I was like, what? Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Very cool. Oh, I know that was last week, not this last week, but uh, yeah, no, um, not this last Friday, but the Friday before is when we had like over t- 25 people and I was pretty surprised. Speaking, so, Speaking of which, we're also like Limelight has kind of been put on a hiatus, but I'm trying to get Limelight back into, into the fold to where we can try to work out in a way to where we can all comfortably stream. Uh, we've got some new, uh, new equipment that can help us do that it's just a matter of organizing that all together but there's essentially there's as i mentioned there, there's just so much to do but it's all gonna get worked out and again other stuff too there's even a game club that i'm still workshopping we might finally be able to get life is strange out there once we get scheduling done right until then thanks for fucking kicking back and listening to another episode this is georgia boys at toast and sir we like nintendo now and yeah, <laughs> we do. We do. It's it's a good feeling. We're going to bring James back for an episode just so we can berate him. Yeah.